Hey guys, this is Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore. For those of you who love QF, a podcast about Howard Stern, and would like to donate some money, there's two ways now you can do it. Uh, you can join our Patreon page, which is listed in the graphic you're seeing now. But also, if you'd rather not do a subscription-based thing, even if it's a buck a month or what have you, uh, you can use our PayPal account, which would be jimfix76 at gmail.com. Uh, and you can donate whatever you like, however you like, uh, one of those two ways, and we'd more than appreciate it if you'd like to do so. Thank you very much. Yeah. Anybody, um, any engineers want to pop on? Tell me why Robin can't hear me. I can hear you now. Can you hear me? I don't even know if I'm on the air right now. So, Howard, you were you were not being heard by anybody. I guess I'm not. Hello? I can't. I don't know if he can hear you now. Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you right now. Now you just froze. The Howard Stern Show. See, I had a weird, confusing early sexual fantasy, and I was always mystified by it. I was into the TV show Honey West. Yeah. And Frances. She was hot. Blonde, big boobs, the whole deal. And my mom got me a book, a Honey West book, and I was reading about it, and in one little page in the book, Honey West was like bound and gagged by a group of dudes. And they were going to do weird crap to her. <laughs> so I remember laying in bed as a little kid, imagining that I was Honey West t strapped down in the bed, really? spread eagle. Now that's weird. So I said, wait a second, I might be gay. Really? Why, why do you want to be Honey West? Why am I identifying with Honey West? I think that's you're just a masochist. Strange. I think that's the thing. You know, you want to be tied down. I wanted to be tied down. Yeah. Like, who get, like, I, uh, it dawned on me like two days ago, who's a, like, my hair's going to get crazy. Because yeah. I don't have, like, a, I'm not going to get a haircut. And then Beth goes, I'll cut your hair. But you can't cut my hair because my my hair is curly. It's, a, you, it's you, hard to cut your hair. Would you do me a favor? Would you sure. pretend that I am Bahati? I'm sitting here. I am, I'm going to be honest with you. It's hot in the garage. I'm wearing a bra top. I okay. My, and I only have panties on. I'm being honest. Can you go a little slower? Just talk about it. <laughs> you have underwear on under that rope? There ain't nothing gay about him. All right, like, the one main thing I was talking to these guys about yesterday, when we went to Las Vegas, it was three days of shows, porn stars, strippers, everything out there, right? Yeah. Howard starts off the show, his first observation is he saw KC down at the pool with his shirt off. Like, it's his first observation. Yeah, but what, what, you know That's why, like Five hours you? later. <laughs> why are you eating home fries? You're getting a little bit of a belly. Oh, look at talk. You know I like my girl shaved. <laughs> Make it out with the guy in the backseat. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was at that time, Howard. It was another time. It was like he was just on the side, of the, like he was in front of his house making out with the guy. Oh, they couldn't even get indoors. No, they were on the street. But wait, what is this about the book? He's caught. I think Ralph really did this. Did you make out with a, a guy? Oh, wow. What happened? Oh, my God. Are you high? No, this is... <laughs> I was I was gay way before I met Beth. <laughs> Welcome everybody to QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm Fillmore, aka Jim Fix, and with me, of course, is my wonderful, fantabulistic co-host Sam. Hi guys. Now, typically, we would not have done this particular thing um, during the course of doing a bunch of breakdowns, which Raven and I are trying to get um, back onto. Get get them get us up to date, up to speed rather. But um, what happened was, he actually Wiggy got Arsenio Hall in for an interview, which was actually pretty good, but not because of Wig. Arsenio told some really good stories, 
And uh, it was just like he divulged, he gave, and then Wig just barely had. <laughs> but either way, I said, rather than clip that for the breakdowns, why don't we use this as the, the reason for another rescinding? Because if you and Sam and I both know, he was brutal to Arsenio for, for, since forever. Jealousy, just seething jealousy and hatred and projection. I mean, just the whole gambit. Also, mm -hmm. too, Arsenio's kind of reminded me of Drew Barrymore's interview where, it, you know, she's a little bit meandering, but she gave stories and she gave. Yeah. So it's better when Wig doesn't interject or talk. So anybody that can steamroll over Wig, uh -huh. I'm happy with that. That's yeah, a success. It, now we the, we're going to cover some old ground because when we played the um, Fox pilot uh, breakdown, we played some of the these clips as well. I think just the audio. I can't remember if we played the video, but we're going to go through the first full Arsenio wig appearance. And uh, I boosted up the sound, so hopefully it sounds all right. But the <laughs> the video is only it's going to have its limitations. So, um, and the roots of it, of course, just real quick, is uh, Fox dropped the Joan Rivers show and they wanted, uh, in case you guys didn't listen to that episode, they wanted to find a replacement. And so Buck Henry was one, Arsenio was one, they did test shows and they gave Howard test shows, but they didn't even air them. That's how bad they were. And then the, you'll hear the reasons he's giving and then subsequent reasons he said was bullshit. But, um, I want you guys to hear it full because then he starts talking about it in the history of Howard Stern. So, uh, you can hear the rescinding. You can hear the fucking revisionist history in almost every clip. My favorite is that once YouTube posted those Fox pilots, it was so badly. It, it's so poorly done. I mean, we, Fillmore and I were in shock at how horrible it was. I, it takes mm -hmm. the cake yeah. for probably worse than any of his, I'd say, pay-per-view specials. Easily. Yeah. And, and and as bad as the Channel 9 show. Like as bad, maybe a little maybe a lot well a lot worse than the than the Channel 9 shows, but they're all on par. There's not like one of them's not a, a T-bone steak and the other one's not a, you know, piece of liver. They're all shit. They're all liver. So, let's go with it and uh, get bear with us, guys. Kids broadcast on WXRK FM radio in New York caused a whole revolution in censorship. Let's welcome the meanest nastiest, dirtiest DJ in the whole wide world, my man, Mr. Howard Stern. <laughs> Go ahead. Rob. Yeah, that's, that's real hair. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph's not in the picture yet, but he is getting style tips from, I don't know, maybe D Snyder or somebody, but Ralph's a couple of years away from getting in the picture. I, I believe because this is 87. Look at those shades. I mean, he's, he's like flock of seagulls, Danny Barbarino, like what? <laughs> the members, I, members only jacket. It's just really bad. Yeah. It's really, um, really bad. Yeah. I'm the DJ of the week, I guess, huh? Yeah. Well, it has to feel to be part of a failing show. How, fa <laughs> how uh, long before you get the uh, pink slip? I mean, what are you, you're carrying this on your... 
You know, Eddie, you are. Now, this is the whole, this is the thing that really makes me laugh because he's going in, you guys have to understand, he's already, the test pilots have already failed. He's so pissed that he's going on Arsenio's show, who's actually, his show has made it to air. That's kind of the point. Well, it's going to fail Fillmore, even though it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, the, so the background guys, of course, I think I've explained it before, but all right, we'll do it again. Um, this is the Fox version of the Arsenio Hall show, which is, as I said, the testing, the test pilots, t- testing for getting the job that Joan Rivers had. But then he went to do Coming to America with Eddie Murphy, a feature film, Howard, not another radio gig. And when he came back, he had already um, been signed by Paramount. So the actual Arsenio Hall show, the real thing, was Paramount, not uh, Fox. And the Fox never did replace Joan. And this just shows how helpful he was to black culture, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, always pushing for them to succeed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great, man. I love you. I love your consequence. I, uh, I don't watch the show because I usually go to bed early. You don't mind if I just sit and listen to you? No, no, as a matter of fact, I don't even want you to interview me. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't know who Arsenio is. I'll be honest with you. I never it's heard of him. It's just another black man making more money than you. Yeah, I know. Okay. Okay. Oh, you <laughs> know. That's got to burn his ass because, one, Howard cares so much about marbles. So the appearance of him not making as many marbles as especially a black guy, Mm -hmm. uh, his Adam's apple is going up and down, up and down. On a show that he was, he was, he was desperate for, and he he was with the wine to dine the Fox execs, and and you know, then did the shows, and then of course they were a complete failure, and then so now he's on that show. Like, yeah, I, I don't. I, I mean, it, it's I don't even know so... what he's on there for. He's not plugging anything, really. He's just being there. He's just being asked as a guest. I think I'm sure Arsenio said, "Yeah, sure, have him on." I think this is actually, in hindsight, Arsenio played this just right because he looks mm-hmm. like a total asshole. W- Wig does. Yeah, not Arsenio. No, <laughs> okay, Wig, like, just like I'm gonna let you talk, talk your way into a hole. Well, also, Arsenio's put together, and this is the thing you can notice between the two of them. Arsenio did stand-up. Like, that's that's basically where he got his stand he, he started magic, and he started... He explained it a little bit more on the, the interview that he did with Wig, but he said it in many interviews before that. But um, he's totally confident on the air. He's totally confident on camera. The camera loves him. <laughs> There's not a camera in the world that loves Wig. <laughs> it's painfully obvious. I mean, he has to... He has to put on... I don't know, a Swiffer mop on his head in order to come out looking comfortable. I swear to Christ, Beth was just cleaning off cat hair with that fucking thing on Instagram. What the fuck is that? Remind me to ask Richie about the whole sunglasses thing. I know we talked about crazy eyes, but uh, we want I want to ask him, in the, in the meetings, did he have them on? Was there any time when he didn't have the fucking sunglasses on? These are extreme too. Like you yeah. can't even, these are, these remind me of like old people driving glasses. Yeah. Like, you know, when you see old people and they could barely see and they got the real dark glasses, oh, a yeah. lot of rings He's, on. These are Jackie O glasses and Matthew Schultz did a great Photoshop shop of a uh, co-jerk off, whatever. And he put wig in the yeah. big dark glasses. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> But you do have a TV. No, I know, you do have I know who I know who Arsenio is, but it's a strange name, Arsenio. It's That's a wonderful a, name. Your if I was white, it's your African great name. name. No, it's an Italian name. Your mother must have. No, don't talk about my mother, man. <laughs> 
do the talk show thing, but don't talk about my mama, okay? okay. My mama's a good woman. Yeah, I have a list of, uh... If you got a list about my mama, don't play with my mama, man. You can mess with me and mess with my talk show, but don't mess with my mama, man. Yeah, go ahead. I'm surprised he didn't hide behind the couch. Me too. And you actually... I, re- I mean, that's a lot... That's actually pretty unhoward like to just sort of sit there. Usually he ducks and runs. Oh yeah. And he that's that's kind of the thing. Like you can you can there's only a few guys you've seen on on TV shows interview Howard and have total control of the interview. One of them was Charlie Rose, yes. which Wig, Wig could not go on there and do his usual bullshit because it's meant to be an interview show. Very proper, very formal, and he had to dress up for it as as much as he could. Yep. Uh, the the Canadian guy, Brian Linehan, same. Yeah. Yep. The, and he probably was sat down and said, "Listen, we know what you do. Try to fucking you know assault the host and try to kiss him and give him hickeys and get to go for a spanking. You can't do it, even though Brian might might like it. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll give it the we'll give it the Jackie treatment. We know what you do. Don't be that. Don't do that. Exactly. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> No Martin Luther King jokes and nothing about my mom. That's just the way I am. Just about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Howard. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's just as My much feeling as is that just about anybody has been asked to host this show. Yes. I've they not all asked, couldn't keep it. I've not. That's true. <laughs> I, I kept it. I have not been asked to host the show. And <laughs> 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 now the glasses are off, and it's, I don't know what's happening. I'm like trying to look for a coin slot, but this one's a little too floofy to find that. Maybe I'll see it later. But yeah, that was eventually. a good dig. That was a nice. That was a nice jab. Subtle, subtle, absolutely. Given, yeah, sit over here, man. Uh, yeah. Sit over here. You just got an attitude. Just sit down. Right. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Howard Stern. Oh, this is smart. <laughs> My fucking proof. <laughs> I mean, this is. I'm sure plenty of girls with like really thick curly hair can attest to like, this is probably what it's like when I wake up in the morning and I have to take a shower and do my hair. Imagine if you didn't do that and decided, perfect, let's go on TV. (laughs) Bedhead. I would never do a show for this stinking network. I think this network blows. I think it's... (laughs) Um, That's like getting rejected from Harvard. I hate Harvard. I never... I think it's a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> Howard, we got you in on a scholarship. Yay, let's go to Harvard. It's an outrageous <laughs> network. I think this network will last another six months and it'll be off the air. I, uh, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. There's a lot of verbal people here. And you want to be the, get out of here? I'll leave, man. I don't care. I don't need a gig. I'll leave, man. Don't now. give me any sit crap. Down. Sit down. Sit down. Uh, um. <laughs> what a fuck! He, he really just sat right back down like a bitch. He did, and then he'll, he'll hear later why. It's pretty funny. I mean, I don't need to be here. You know, I'm doing it. I'm not sure why I'm doing it. Well, let me. Let's, but uh, wait, 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 wait. The fuck. Remember, he had to fly to L.A. to do this, and he did. Oh, so, 
that makes it even better because you know well now we didn't know back then but now we know how howard is for him to get on a fucking plane and go to la you might as well get a razor blade and start slicing your fingers off he hates travel he hates right. people he right. hates being out of his house so this was so purposeful there's nothing yep. more he wants to be there so bad absolutely and he was planning whatever he would you know he had everything planned out completely this was not just a conversation this was i'm going to shit all over them because they wouldn't accept me and that's exactly what he proceeds to do but the only difference is it's not really hitting it's not it's not he wants to be rickles once again but it's not working just chuck this up in a line of other fucking hundred appearances where they're unfunny but this one's worse because we know the background story and we also see the mpd traits of i'm not i want my ego stroked so i'm gonna say a bunch of outlandish bullshit so you want me you make me stay you drag me back to the chair yeah you you know you desire me i'm a wanted guest right when you're the one who wants to go on the show you're yeah, the you one who made it. all the effort. It's kind of like when he bitches about Jimmy Kimmel and going to Brooklyn or going yeah. to L.A. Oh, and Jimmy threw this party. You are basically stalking him when he didn't throw you a party because his son was in the hospital. You insane <laughs> person. He loves the attention. Well, yeah, they could easily throw it in his face. But yeah, when you showed up. What are you? What, what kind of asshole are you? You hate it so much, but you you didn't hate it too much to stay away, dickhead. And I would have thrown it in his face, and literally, I would have been I would have been like just like um, Groden Charles Groden was on the Carson show plugging his book, and then he uh, was as he was talking, he goes, uh, "You don't really give a you don't really give a care you don't give a toss about this book." And Carson's like, "You're absolutely right. I just want a warm body <laughs> to fill the next fifteen minutes." <laughs> 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 it was a bit of shtick because they did like each other, but I gu- I guarantee Carson was not joking. He was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just getting paid either way. <laughs> I love Carson so much. Yeah. Network. Well, let's start a little. What do you have against the Fox Network? Well, they, they courted me for a TV show. Mm-hmm. They went out of their way to get me for a television show. Uh, they, they signed me to a big contract. And then about two weeks later, uh, the, the upper echelon decided they don't want to put me in a TV show. They decided, hey, man, we don't want to do the TV show anymore. Just uh, they didn't even see the show yet. They decided they didn't want to do the TV show. So they did- OK, so the first the, the big contract, we already got it. He had something like 400,000 to produce five test shows. So in, in 1987, that was still pretty big money and more than enough to make you know, a decent set, whatever. Later on, he'll complain that they only gave him 10000 for the set. And we both said, there's no way they gave him that money for the fucking set. He pocketed most of the money and said, let's lowball everything else. Oh, my God. He opened up, like, some nearest garage and said, perfect, this is the yeah. set. Yeah, here's, exactly. Here's my ten grand for myself. And he... That doesn't even make any sense. They didn't even see the show. Well, right. why would they reject it if they didn't see it? That makes zero sense, Wigtardo. That's a great new name, by the way. That's Ravens. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Been perfect. using it now. Yeah. Decided you blow, and you've decided they blow. No, well, no, I, they didn't decide I blow. They decided they just didn't want to do business with me. But the hell with it. I don't need the Fox Network, man. It's a, it's a, They had the Emmys. The Emmys is typically a number one now, rated show. I it watched was, you. Yeah, I enjoyed was, your work. Thank man. you. It was third rated. I mean, uh, how could you not get ratings with the Emmys? What kind of network is it? How can you blow the Emmys? Yeah. Uh, how bad can you do it? Did we do bad the other day? I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Fox didn't drive Edgar Rosenberg to his death. I'm being serious. <laughs> 
I mean, the poor man was going out of his mind, was he not? Uh, do we have a commercial queued up? <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I got some questions here that, uh, that my mother Wait, wrote. Wait, ask me these questions. And, ask me these uh, questions. Let's talk about different yeah, things. Never mind these questions. Okay, you got yeah, your own questions? Ask me these questions. Okay. All right, wait. Now, I don't really mind that last comment because the network did put a lot of stress with Ed, and he did kind of mismanage that whole situation. So that's kind of a ballsy thing to say. Well, that's, it, it, it that's is. That's ballsy. But it, it is, but you can't go on the, this show and expect that that's, that's going to, you know, help your cause when you wanted your fucking, you so desperately wanted a show. And also, if you're trying to kowtow to the, the, uh, the, the TV or some network for a future gig, you don't think they're going to watch this and see this and say, well, fuck him. Like, what is, this is, you know, he'll never get a show. And, yeah, like, you, did he think you know, he was going to go there and be, try to be a co-host? Like, look at us. Yeah, we're like, basically. Lucy and Ethel. <laughs> Yeah, well, again, this is the funny thing. They didn't even see the shows, and they didn't want to do business with me. Well, they did. If the, if someone doesn't want to do business with you, it means they think you can't make any business for them. That's the the long and the short. They put on fucking Coco the Clown if they thought it would make money. That's the bottom line. Fox execs, any execs, NBC, they don't give a fuck. It's product. If they think they can make money, they'll put the fucking thing out. That's the end of it. Well, then, how does he keep fooling people? Well, I mean, he's he's fooled them, but to a certain like extent. With with Sirius, is I really don't know. And people have asked this for years now. What does he have over them that he manages to keep getting contracts of the the value of which we don't know about? And I'm sure it's way lower than people would think. But what is the point? Like, what how what does he have? It's like they have nothing else. Wouldn't they does rather he own give something? Some, I don't think so. I mean, does he own pictures of Jennifer Vitz, you know, like fucking a dog? I have no idea. Uh, and Jim Meyer at a, at a, B, a bondage club or something? I don't know. But um, <laughs> is it compromat or is it just they have nothing else? I don't understand it. Maybe he owns... <laughs> Maybe he owns the <laughs> missing Epstein videos. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right, you ready? All right. Here we go. You start with these. I'll okay. give you some stuff to ask me. Because, uh, yeah, you start here. Your own research staff is go. compiled. <clears throat> before I, no, before I read it, I'm going to read it first. Okay. Howard, is it right that a person comes over to this country and becomes a citizen just so he can own a TV network? Arsenio, that is one good question. Now, how does somebody come over to this country, our beautiful American country? Now, who is this to shot at? Well, you know who it is. You know who it is. Who owns this network? His name you can't. Rupert Murdoch. All of a sudden, he comes over and he's going to be the head of a network. I mean, he used to be an Australian. Two weeks ago, he became an American and he owns a network. I've been living in this country. Arsenio, the reason you don't own a network is number one, you're black. They never let black guys own networks. And number two, you've been in this country longer than Rupert Murdoch. Why don't you own a? Why don't you own a, a network? He will. Okay. God bless him. Now, the, the funny, the Rupert Murdoch comment from Wig, complete bullshit, of course, hyperbole, because he's just a 79. But in, as of 1985, which <clears throat> would have been, well, well over a year after this, well, a year before this uh, show aired, two years almost, says here, September 4th, 1985, from the LA Times archives, Rupert Murdoch, Australian-born publishing magnate, became a U.S. citizen today, removing, removing an obstacle to his acquisition of a network of independent American television stations. Basically, he had to 
become a U.S. citizen and forego his Australian citizenship to do the business he could, to, uh, to be a, a magnate. And um, that's it. So he's, he's a bona fide U.S. citizen at that point. So wigs full of shit. Yep. And what else is new? <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> cool sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> I love Very it. Is, are, are the pants tucked into the socks? <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on there, to be honest with you. Or is he wearing capri pants? How does a guy come over to this country and just gets a network, man? None of us have a network. It's an outrage. Okay, and I, here's an interesting question, and just because it's about me, I'm not going to ignore it. Wait a minute. How do, he doesn't just get a network. Like, nobody's handing you networks. You bi- He was an Australian publishing magnet, you fucking yeah. retard. So he made his money elsewhere and decided to bring his, his gifts and talents. And, you know, he employs a lot of people, Howard, including yeah. Arsenio. Yeah, and I think if the, the most telling thing about this is you're really showing his fucking IQ because there's no joke... It's not really a joke, and it's not... Uh, he's always trying to do Rickles, but it's like low-rent shithead Rickles. If Rickles wasn't funny, <laughs> Rickles it's, would just be an annoying old third-grade old, uh, asshole. Rickles. Yeah. 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 Um, and he's just... Again, he's never had a comic timing in his, in his life. If, I, I just wonder, what the fuck would he have done without Jackie, without Billy, without Robin there? He would have just been doing the weather in Toledo. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, w- w- could you imagine if a, a doctor, like a foreign doctor, came over here and was doing your surgery? Hey, man, I this guy, he just came over. He's just performing a life-saving procedure. I mean, come on. How does he get to do that? Not well, fair. You know, well, you know, there's a, there's some hurricane winds coming into Toledo today. <laughs> It'll be like Paul Lind when he did that that weather show. That weather oh show. Oh my god, that YouTube. was my favorite. <laughs> That's great. Go ahead. Do you think Arsenio Hall is talented, or does he have a picture of one of the Fox executives with a donkey? Well, <laughs> do you? Uh, this is your question, man. This ain't no. my question. No, go ahead. You, you want to pass that? Out? All right. What else you got? We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pass on that. What is it? Which one do you pass? Did the Fox exec? No, we can't. We can't do any of these questions, man. We no, we can't do oh, any okay. of these. Okay. We, we can't do, we can't do any All of these right. questions. Let's do some of my. Excuse me for a minute. Uh, let's take a oh, commercial. Where's the what camera are we on? I'm losing my mind. We'll take a commercial and we'll be right back. He's so mind. good. What's that? He's really good. Our studio hall's a natural in front of the camera because he's been doing that stand-up stuff. Like he's been doing stand-up. If you do stand-up long enough, you just do get comfortable on stage. You get comfortable talking to people as opposed to Wig, who's not comfortable in any fashion. Like if he's in his own studio, he's uncomfortable. So imagine sending him to LA without his entourage (laughs) and taking off his his glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Taking off his hair. The other thing was, uh, we'll go into the after uh, bits later on, uh, because this, the history of Howard Stern has show history of Howard Stern has some great, great bits where he completely contradicts what he said on the show and what he said over the years. Okay. Well, this is some lineup on tonight's show. I got to tell you. Wait a minute, Jonathan Butler is a wonderful singer, very talented singer. I never heard of him. I ne- I oh my him God! He Butler, took man. off the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, do you bench? <laughs> <laughs> he, 
Yeah, if it's, if it's spaghetti, benchy meatballs. Look at those arms. <laughs> was it Jackie who said, uh, or it was Richie who quoted Jackie saying he had them, Richard Christopher Reed in the wheelchair had more muscle tone. I mean, it it's um. He has fettuccine Alfredo arms. Look at those. Yeah, that's 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 total like pasta pasta <laughs> pasta <laughs> arms, and um, like like he would have been better off with the leather the brown leather pants and the black black boots <laughs> there's no, there's no difference the clothes wear him always always he's such a poser do you buy albums yeah. do you have no i don't buy this jockeys get albums for free that's the only that's the only i don't buy albums because i hate music and you've never heard of jonathan butler no never heard of him i'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry who else is on the show marshall warfield who is marshall warfield who's yeah. that <laughs> do you watch Night Court? Uh, no, I don't. Do you have a TV? Because <laughs> do you have a TV? Do you watch anything? <laughs> yeah, I watch Dawson's Creek. How about you? <laughs> Marsha Warfield was like a legendary uh, comic started in like, she was, Night Court was her big breakthrough, but she was on the Richard Pryor show and she was at the comedy store. So she knew all those amazing fucking like Letterman, Tim Reed, uh, Tom Dreesen, all those, all those guys back then, Letterman, like uh, Leno, she knew all those people. Oh. Yeah, I have a TV. I watch it. I, I watch it religiously. I like to watch. Uh, I like Oprah. Okay, Oprah. <laughs> you like Phil? Phil? No, I hate. He likes Oprah. What? Yeah. Say again. Come again. I think Phil's a jerk. <laughs> I'm glad Oprah's kicking his butt. I really am happy about that. I really am happy about that. I think Phil Donahue and his dopey wife are jerks. The both of them. Check out his eyes too. Like he's not necessarily crazy eyes, but he's he's almost never making contact eye contact with the camera. Can't do it. He's such a liar. I mean, imagine like I always say, imagine if anyone was interviewing him, possibly committing a crime. How guilty would you look? <laughs> <laughs> OJ, Jesus. did you do it? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ask you some of my questions now because your questions were this. Hey, let me say something. The set on this show is beautiful, and the thing I resent is when I don't know. I signed with Fox to do a TV show. I couldn't get more than maybe ten grand for the whole damn set. You go back here when you're sitting backstage. They give you a bathrobe, a sign on the door with your name, soaps. All I wanted was a couple of good, decent microphones. If I had had a microphone like this, what? A, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't need to break it. I'll fix that. Break, break, break it. <laughs> There's not a laugh in sight. There's no laugh track and there's an audience. Well, yeah, look at his like? face right now. He <laughs> 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 um, reminds me of that schmo face when he's sitting at the Lakers game. <laughs> or the Knicks game. <laughs> Sorry. You know, he's like Mr. Fantastic with those stretching arms and legs and head that can just go <laughs> well, <Yeah>. well above. <laughs> <laughs> He's the gay stretch Armstrong. <laughs> I guess. Back, I, I, it. it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Because the sound man is real funny about the mic. Yeah, could you imagine if anyone, by the way? Yeah. Could you imagine if anyone walked into the serious studio when it was first built and started <laughs> tearing down microphones? <gasps> Holy fuck. Holy Those... fuck. The nerve on this asshole. Really, the sound man act like it's his mic. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. All right, we got Let's the... Talk about uh, Jessica Hahn. Jessica Hahn. Mm -hmm. Well, what about her? She got raped, for God's sakes. She got raped, for God's sakes. I feel bad for her. I hope they throw Jim Baker in jail for the next 20 years. I really do. I think that guy's a creep. 
Uh, in, in the newspaper, she Didn't that what they said, that, that, that he raped her? Yeah. And didn't he admit well, to doing that? Yeah, and she said this morning, I am not a bimbo. That was her quote in the paper. She is not a bimbo? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll go along with that. Okay. I'll go along with that. NFL strike? NFL strike. Uh, Arsenio, who wrote these questions for you? <laughs> Don't ask him a sports question. Don't ask him about anything. <laughs> what are you expecting? He's a fucking 79. Now, the... The, uh, the NFL, ironic, strike. NFL strike. NFL strike. Tom, Tom. Yeah, you just, what's the next question about polymer chemistry? Come on, Narcidio. Jesus, who do you think you're talking to? No, no offense. Who wrote these for you? <laughs> okay, you, when, when one hits yeah. you and you like it, go with it, okay? Yeah. Uh, you, you, being the kind of, never mind. Uh, uh, <laughs> this, is a, this is a great show. I can't see why it's going off the air. I don't understand it. It's got all of the right elements. Well, it's, uh, so when one joke doesn't really work, he keeps going for the same joke and doesn't get barely any laughs. <laughs> one, is, I got a one track mind. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm actually, you know, surprised he hasn't molested him multiple times yet. Well, he's so. you know, he's, ra- he's racist, so you know, <laughs> Arsenio's not on the. It's uh, the magic, the excitement, the the, the people who write the magic. question, the yeah. talk show magic. It's yeah. uh, it's really something else. I got to tell you, Fox is. Fox, I think, is on the leading, uh, I don't know, they're on the cutting edge with this program, I think. We got it. Marcin, you ever feel like they're throwing you out here just to, just to pass the time till they get the new show going? I feel like they're buying my mother a Mercedes for Christmas. That's right. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> Are they paying you that much? Are they paying you that much? Yes, indeed. And you're getting, and you're right. getting double scale this evening, aren't you? I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> So you can the marbles. T- you can tell you can tell Arsidio's definitely fucking pissed that he's just coming on and being in he's he's it would be fine if he was funny. I think Arsenio would have no problem if he was being entertaining, but it's just a train wreck. And he's like, You're gonna go through this, you're gonna make me go through this? Fine. Now it's now it's time to take some gloves off. Yeah, because he's not only not being funny, he's being insulting, incredibly insulting. Yeah. And you're the and asshole who didn't get the show. Right. And, and Arsenio, um, there was an interview with Bobby the Brain Heenan years, years, years later where he said that, you know, the Arsenio, we got a fruit basket and the, like a, like a huge thing of hams and whatever else and like whatever expensive alcohol and stuff like that, that they had as being a guest on the show, uh, the Arsenio Hall show provided for them. And the wife said, oh, well, let's take this. And he goes, he goes, no, we're not going to take it. And we don't, we don't, we'll, we'll look like we're poor. And then Arsenio called him up after he left the show. He said, he goes, why didn't you take the fruit basket? And, uh, and Bobby the Brain said, well, we, you know, we didn't want to seem like we were freeloading. He goes, I got that for you. You know, he, Aww. he followed like he was, that was meant like that's, that's, there's a purpose for that. And, um, he always, like, if you read the, some more of his, um, like, I guess testimonials of the show, whatever people loved him. People really did. He treated his staff really well, and um, he he was just a, a class act guy. That wasn't the network. That was him making sure that his guests were treated right. No water bottles for anyone, and uh, <laughs> no coffee <laughs> for Robert Plant. <laughs> no bagels. Nothing. Breakfast when awaits no women, one. No, it doesn't. From the show, I was you women in high school, brother. You were. <laughs> Now that you're making money, do you have a new girlfriend, or did you have a girlfriend? Did you have a girlfriend beforehand? I had a girlfriend before. Before you got famous from the show. Before I started doing this show, and I had you're a gonna stick with her. Same girl. And you're stick gonna... with the same girl. 
<laughs> what about you, Wig? Are you going to stick with the same girl? <laughs> this is it. I hate how he always couches this f- f- like faux morality when yeah. he when he can't hit somebody. Oh, this guy's making more money. Oh, this guy is a talk show. Oh, this guy's funny and commanding his audience. Does he have a girlfriend and does he cheat on her or did he get rid of his girlfriend? Because that'll make you really bad because who changes relationships in life unless you're a a closeted homo? (laughs) (laughs) That's admirable. I uh, have a girlfriend. I have a wife. I've been married for 10 years. Poor baby. (laughs) (laughs) Look at his face. Uh, uh, I have a wife. That's the definition of afterthought. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Brady and Florence Henderson gave more convincing performances. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, oh boy. You think so? Married to you is some prize, huh, man? That's it, yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about you and the FCC. The FCC. Nah, I I don't want to talk about the FCC. That was, I was uh, framed by the FCC. The show I do in New York is entertaining. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's the fugitive. <laughs> and cut to the irony of this. Cut to serious, where you could say whatever you want. And Howard's like rah rah censorship. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Amen. We have the highest rated program in New York. You had the highest. Rated. We have the highest rated program in New York. And uh, there was a reverend from Mississippi who decided he didn't like my show. I don't know how he picked it up from Mississippi, but uh, he decided to like it. Well, I guess he had short. Is that what he had? Satellite dish to God. Yeah. And uh, so he filed a complaint, but I think uh, everything's all right. We're still broadcasting, and uh, you know, we're doing. We're... Oh man, did you fucking check out the crazy eyes? Did you that whole exchange right now? That story. He looked like he was in fear of his life. He really did. It was yeah. very tense. Yeah, like, first of all, let's see if they can spot out the bullshit in this particular amusing, non-amusing anecdote. Not only is it non-amusing, but he does, it looks like, what did you get on the, what did you get on your science test? Um, I, did you bring it home? Uh, yeah, I got a good grade, but I, uh, I, um, I left it in my desk, but it's fine. Uh, I'll, uh, it's fine. <laughs> what do you have for <laughs> I lunch? Mean, it, it is like your mom or dad questioning you about something when you're little and you know that you're trying to like navigate around it just by yourself a little time i mean he looks totally pressed yes and the other thing is if if he could have easily just said i'm not allowed to talk about it or you know uh no it's gotta be boring (laughs) yeah doing the show has anybody ever said anything on your show that shocked you uh, no, I don't think anybody could say anything that could shock me, quite frankly. <laughs> what about when Elle McPherson Pussy. said, when Elle McPherson said, you know, when I was young, uh, she goes, uh, he goes, I was, when I was young, I, I saw my mother nude, it traumatized me. And she goes, yeah, I can see if she looked like you. <laughs> <laughs> the yarmulke slap comment from Jamie too, really, really right. nailed him. Oh my Lord, that was something else. And I mean, like, I don't hold with anti-Semitism guys, but I mean, it, it like, it that thing he for weeks later he could not let go of that. Yeah. No, unless where, where were you raised? What what kind of area were you? I was raised? raised in Roosevelt, Long Island. That's where Eddie's from. Eddie Murphy's from there. Yeah. And, Julius, uh, Irving. Julius Irving. Yeah. I Did grew you up... play ball with Julius? No, no way. I'm I'm a real. Because you're a tall guy. I'm a tall guy, but I'm no good at basketball. Really? No, no good. But uh, yeah, so that's where I grew up. Yeah. All black community. Thank you. Yeah. 
I got beat up every Whoa. day Martin Luther King died. I got beaten up at least 900 times. So I got to tell you, man, I got beaten up for every white guy there ever was. I took all the punishment that uh, ever existed. I tell now, this is, you know, this is 87. He goes into the only beatings he talks about in Private Parts, which is released six years later, this book, is about Polish kids beating him up. And over the years, it goes from black kids to Polish kids, like black kids, black kids, black kids, writes about it, Polish kids, then black kids, then it's black kids, then it's black kids again, and it's all black kids. And now all of a sudden, it wasn't black kids, it was Polish kids. I think he even talked about being afraid of his mom sending him to school Mm-hmm. And keeping him home. Yep. Didn't she keep him home that day? Wasn't it like? Oh, oh you mean the day after the uh, the assassination yeah. of uh, Martin Luther King? I we... don't think he got beaten up. I don't remember he... him saying that did. after. <laughs> we should get that. Um, this is your life episode of the Channel Nine show where he brings in his his uh, his, his teacher, Mister for literally ten seconds. And he goes, "Do you remember all those beatings I took?" He goes. I don't remember anything like that ever happening, Howard. And he goes, okay, that's been Mr. Chestnut. <laughs> oh, you must have not seen me. You must have not, where, where, where were you? I was too busy laughing. <laughs> hey, I took all the punishment for that uh, one, and I had nothing to do with it. I swear to oh, God, okay. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> one more Are thing. What's that? So, Mar- so Martin Luther King's death <laughs> yes. turns into... I was I was accosted, and it's about me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you and Letterman, I heard you say something to him on the Emmys the other night. You well, let me say, if Letterman's watching, look, just because I'm doing this show, I love you. I think your show is the best. I'm just doing this. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I know you've offered me a slot in two weeks, and I'm gonna to, tonight I'm even I'm going to watch myself. I'm going to watch the Letterman show tonight. <laughs> we're, not, we're not on opposite each other. Oh, we're so not? You can watch this, and then you can watch. You don't have a watch that works either. No, They're on. Yeah. <laughs> 1230 to 1.30, oh, okay. and you can watch yourself the hour prior. All right, but everyone watch Letterman, for God's sake. Yeah, okay? Letterman is wonderful, man. Yeah, He's a state of the art. I don't want to blow my uh, chances on the Letterman show now, at all. Now, what is your T-shirt all about? Well, this is a uh, NBC strike T-shirt. The uh, the NBC guys are on strike, and I used to work there, and I, it's not that I side with those guys. It's just I hate NBC. They fired me at one time, so I'm wearing... Anybody who's on strike against NBC, I'm all for it. So you're on the Fox show, trashing a Fox show and the network, and then you got fired from NBC, so you're trashing NBC. And then people still <laughs> decided to throw contracts at him. I mean, because money, money talks. If you get your successful show, you, you're just part of the business. You deal with it. But I, I just don't understand why he had it, it. He was with Buckwald at this time. I don't understand why Buckwald would have told him, just dress the fuck up. I don't know what his angle is. Just kill every possible job. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it's just crazy to me because he's such a sore loser. Yeah, not everyone loves you. Don't you know show business? It, it really is kind of incredible. His narcissism, but his insecurity. So yes. show business is incredibly harsh. So yes. for him to stay in this one lane that has given him success, that's obvious obvious why he did that because he can't handle the rejection for the few times that he's gotten rejected look he's flying to la in a fucking tank top and chucks <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, he's got buoy buoy for moral saying, support <laughs> yeah i mean this is just crazy I, uh, I and then the letterman thing think about letterman has known him since the early 80s and so yes. he's seen the transformation mm-hmm. he must have he must have had him on his show and said what kind of fucking wackadoodle are you? 
Yes. I mean, what kind of wackadoodle are you? Because in the first couple of appearances he was on Letterman, you know, it wasn't anything amazing, but no. it was somewhat normal. It, it was banter. It, it was banter. You you would kind of be like, wow, this guy's kind of just laying it all out there about how annoying his job is, how he doesn't like management and how he feels boxed in. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes so sticky. And now look at him. Right. And it's it's the, you're right that the the lack of confidence is I guess the mo- the biggest takeaway from this particular appearance. But in general, he you know you see why he keeps those shades on. You see why he tries to redirect things again away from himself so he doesn't have to like out himself. No part intended on national television. And the other thing is he as Arsenio's right. All those guys when they went on to do these shows, they didn't get paid much money. They got like sag minimum or whatever it was like 800 bucks or something like that they didn't get a shitload of money although they got their expenses paid or they got like you know uh you know hotel and shit whatever whatever it was but to do this show which is not even like at this point this is a test show for arsenio like this is for the purpose to see if arsenio has what it takes to get his own show it's not a full-fledged arsenio show he's just a stand-in and if he knows that this is something that isn't super popular or may not be super popular who knows why would you agree to do it unless you were so fucking desperate to get on any tv and that's pretty much the takeaway like yeah he claims oh i didn't want to do it i don't need it i don't need this gig that's the first thing he said in the first two minutes one of the first things he said i don't need this man but you flew all the way to la to do this Right. That's like going to somebody's birthday party and sitting in the corner and pouting and then just yelling, I don't want to be here. Yeah, which is not uncommon what he's done later on with the Bowie's dinner party and just about everything else, the <laughs> Rock right. and Roll Hall of Fame. I didn't want to go there, but you made a 13-minute speech about Richie Zambora's cock. <laughs> <laughs> you did a sing-along for three minutes. <laughs> commercial, Arsenio, yeah, for God's sakes. We got to take commercial. Was your mother in a fire and she named you Arsenio? Is that it? <laughs> Well, that's a good line. Is that what happens? Actually, it's a, it's, a, it's a very unique name for a black man. In Greek, it means Leroy. Leroy, yeah. Leroy. We're going to take a commercial. We'll be right back with a man he's never heard of, Mr. Jonathan Butler. So, okay, so you get everybody good, good, got a good look at the crowd. I'm going to see if I could scroll back to that just a bit. Okay, so the crowd, look at the cross-section. What do you see? A lot of it's a mix. Diversity? Well, yes. it's a mix. There's, there's, it's a there's diverse audience. Absolutely. Do you see any empty, empty chairs anywhere? Uh, no. No. Okay. So now we're going to go into the real spin, guys. This is from the history of Howard Stern, and uh, we're going to go <laughs> clip number one. Arsenio Hall appearance went well. Went horribly. I mean, but horribly beautiful. You know, it was everything I could have wanted. I didn't want to go on there and not shake it up. You know, getting thrown off, <laughs> crowd going berserk. It was like a symphony. Uh, you know, talk shows, I always love doing talk shows, like even going on and trying to make out with Joe Franklin. It was so great. You know, I like this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. Don't worry. Thanks to Benjamin, we have your greatest hits of making out with hosts <laughs> and raping them on stage. Anytime you can get some male action, it's, it's, it's great. My talk show appearances, being on a, on a talk show guest and being great on a talk show is the most important thing in my life. So, uh, Arsenio <laughs> Hall <laughs> went well. Children? <laughs> Emily? Deborah? I thought, yeah. You know, 
Wellmet's really upset. Bianca? We thought Wellmet was the best experience in your life. So here he is claiming in the history of Howard Stern, which was made in, I believe they started these 2008, 9, and 10. They started releasing them more or less. And um, so then you started hearing some of the, uh, like his, his response, like when he got on the show and started talking about his experience. Just another black boy making more money than you. And like he wasn't even talking that good black accent. I mean, it was like a real, it was like, I almost wanted to slap him and go, you know, you're offending me with this phony black accent. It's like when I do a black accent. <laughs> now he's a tough guy oh. on the radio. <laughs> oh. oh my God. This is the biggest spin of my life. I'm a dreidel right now. Holy shit. <laughs> you got to be kidding me with this. They, no. uh, the fake black accent. You just fake pretended you got beat up on Martin Luther King Day by black people. You just fake wore a wig. Yep. You fake everything. And mm-hmm. you do the tough guy thing on yep. the Arsenio. You were the one with the fake affect, not Arsenio. No. And he was and he was in fear of his, in fear of his life. <laughs> yeah, it was like when Robin does a black <laughs> accent. All right. <laughs> I looked out on the audience. Mm-hmm. The audience was 50% black. Yes. Okay? I think it was his fan club. Uh, a fan club, family. Yeah. I mean... Because this boy was God. I don't mean to keep calling him boy. Yeah. But... Yeah, watch that. You're going to get black. Oh, it gets worse. Robin really just... I, I can't. I, I can't believe how they have gotten a pass all this time. Can someone please listen to this? Arsenio, yeah. <laughs> anyone? Can Whoopi? Where the or fuck the, are these woke tards? These 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 cancel assholes. I mean, absolutely. If you're gonna, if you're really gonna give it to people that, you know, like yeah, certain people we, that did not really deserve it. I mean, if you're good, then you, you give it to the people who really do deserve to be taken down for this shit, or at least thrown into the press like to be facing it directly and having to account for it if that's the case or get rid of it altogether no shit this week trending was jay leno they dug up some asian joke he said like forever ago and because asian people hate crime is on the rise for asians Mm -hmm. by the way the statistic there doesn't really go with the narrative so they don't mention it but apparently asians Asian hate crime is up. So Jay Leno made a joke. Some asshole on Twitter pulls it up. And now Jay Leno's apologizing. I almost fell off my bed when I read that. I was like, are you kidding me? And this guy gets no apologies. It's fine. Yeah, nope. Black people on your ass. <laughs> the audience sounded like the road company for Good Times. You ever watch the show Good Times with J.J. Johnson or whatever his name is? J.J. <laughs> so it's Jimmy Walker. J.J. Uh, Jimmy Walker, who had a hit fucking show, and it was another comedy store regular, by the way. All those guys, Freddie Prince, well, Letterman didn't, but Freddie, Freddie Prince, uh, and most of those guys got shows. They all got pegged to do TV shows because that was the big, you know, if they're talented there, they're talented, they're going to make it somewhere. And he, it's that whole thing. And once again, I, what's his name? What's his name? It's not important enough to me for me to remember. I'm going to purposely forget. Yeah, J.J. Jimmy Walker's career, he ended up at Buffalo at the disco doing, like, <laughs> doing photo ops for, like, five bucks. It was really sad. Well, yeah, but I'm sure he made his bank while he was on that show, for sure, because that was, yeah. you know, there was a good run. Hey, what was his Walker. name? Walker, yeah. J.J. Walker, Jimmy J.J. Walker. And they go, you know, like, when Jimmy J.J. Walker would say something real lame, and then all the audience would go, woo, woo, 
Woo! Woo! Yeah. You look out in the audience. By the way, most of the audience is empty. They don't show you that part. A whole really? section. Is... <laughs> oh. It's a small room. He's full of shit. He's full of shit. We just saw the. You just saw the thing. It was completely stacked to the brim. Right. There was only, and there probably was only about I don't know 150 people in there. Maybe 200. Like I'm sure it was a small studio. They're not meant to be that big. They're just TVs taping studios. You just need this many people to make the noise. And nobody was making that noise. No. It's empty because nobody, who's going to go see Arsenio Hall? Well, one time they panned the audience and I saw like three scared white people. You know, who yeah. just happened My to cousin. come to the wrong show. That was Gary's cousin. <laughs> so the whole audience is stacked with black people. He just said there was 50% black and now he's saying the whole audience is stacked with people. That wasn't even a minute ago. I thought there was no one there. <laughs> I, I Just what the hell is going on with her? Like you'd expect her to just kind of, if not, def if not defend Arsenio, then to just keep shut, keep her mouth shut. Yeah. Why is she lying? Right. Because you got to, you know, your meal ticket. God only knows what happens if he goes they go off the air and he goes, why wouldn't you defend me? So already they're bullshitting about, he said first initially in the first minute of this clip, it was 50% black. Now he's saying it was stacked with black people. And then he said there was nobody in the crowd, which was it? <laughs> Three whites, everyone's scared, nobody's there, now it's packed. And then and then Robin's got to double up and, and back him up. One thing, it's funny because later on in this clip, you'll hear it exactly. He has Baba Booey, Baba Booey made the trip with him. Why does he need, he didn't have Ralph at the time, so he needed Baba Booey to give him support. Of course he did. Oh, he's and, a baby, baby heel. And I also noticed, too, the lies that he tells on the radio. I notice them more now because we've been doing this for so long. But when you're oh, ping-ponging yeah. back and forth so fast like that, and you're just driving to work, you know, you're changing lanes, you're thinking about what you're doing next, you're probably yeah. not even hearing how this makes no sense. And he's just completely three lies in about, what, six seconds? Mm-hmm. These days, the way you'll hear it is more like within the realm of uh, the confines of a question that becomes a long run on saber dance thing that we're going to play later on to a guest because he's freewheeling it. He probably has three words on his paper and he's trying to turn that into some kind of, you know, um, Dick Cavett question and he can't do it because he's a 79. Yeah. And so you, in his head, he's going, I'm going to fucking kill the guy who put these notes together. We'll like, run away, run away, Will. So you feel like when you walk out there and it was like, I was the white blue eyed devil or something. Yes. You were already in trouble. Yeah. So, and I knew I was in trouble when they were cracking up at Arsenio Hall's jokes that weren't even funny. Yeah. Like open the curtain. Yeah. That, it was like, that got a huge laugh. And he goes, let me see if I could open the curtain. And everyone's going, Whoo! I felt like I was watching. You ever watch the movie Blackula? Did you yes. ever go? Okay, so <laughs> this is where cancel culture would have a field day. This would be like a buffet for them. And the the whole point is, okay, we he's got to he's got to go back to the radio show where they can like pat his bum and they can pat his back and they can go, "You did okay. There, there, Howard. You're fine. You were the maligned person. They were against you. The world was against you." And Robin has to fucking suck up. Has to. It's because you're white. His yeah. audience doesn't understand your humor. They're right. stupid and ignorant and only understand his black humor. So so the whites <laughs> would understand the humor, but yet there was 50% white people and they didn't laugh. What's that telling you, shithead? 
You're not funny, Howard. Right. Sorry. Sorry, wig. Go to, with yeah. an all-black audience, yeah. and everyone's yelling at the screen, Watch out, Blackie! <laughs> Get out of the way, man! Get out! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Blackie, let's go to bite you now. Get out of here with God kick his ass. I was in a coma at this point, so I don't know what was going on. Uh, you were in a coma? You were, the audience you was were, in a coma. <laughs> oh, my God. You were in a coma? You were in a hostage negotiation. You looked nervous and tense as hell. There is no coma that was going on. I mean, it could have been when you were initially had, you know, the... <laughs> the blinder sunglasses on that you know we couldn't see anything <laughs> the kind nasa astronauts wear when they're doing launch and they're headed straight towards the sun <laughs> yeah like eighth ace rothstein <laughs> talk about being said i want an equal amount of blueberries in each muffin Stop. i mean one Welcome of the things the yeah i really do give it my all mm -hmm. i don't believe i'm going on a tv show and holding back Okay, so number three, clip number three, Amos and Andy voice coming up. This is what Martin Luther King died for, right? Yeah. Mama jokes at last, mama jokes at last. Thank God, great God almighty, mama jokes at last. Boy, this guy set back race relations. <laughs> <laughs> Robin takes it all. <laughs> Sam, Sam's face. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm completely speechless. Let's keep going. Number four, bitching about Arsenio's audience still. And the audience goes, woo! He does this for like 15 minutes. He works this piece of material. Yeah, even Allison said to me, my wife, who thought it was kind of a cute shtick at first, said, man, did he carry it too yeah. far? I mean, if you got, if, got if, if Arsenio Hall got up and said, I love, I love chitlins, he would have gotten like a standing ovation yes, for 20 minutes. Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, and, and quite frankly, I give black people more credit than that. Just, I mean, just a hoot and howl because the guy's black doesn't, you know, doesn't make sense. I think it was like his black fan club. I don't think these were just black people from off the street. <laughs> this was on the history of Howard Stern. Oh, my like they God. Went, they let this go through. So we're talking 10 years ago. This was on his own airwaves. I didn't, you know, this wasn't, and this was, of course, from the original broadcast. And they saw no problem with this, just seeing how bad it would make him look. Can we please send Arsenio Hall a copy of this to tell him to never go on the show again? I don't know how we can get it to him. Who yeah, his talent or published agent, something. Holy Christ in hell. Yeah. I mean. Why is this acceptable? Why? I. I I guess because the disconnect of there was no social media, yeah. there was, you know, people didn't watch TV all at the same time. There wasn't a connect. Your world was your community. Yeah. It didn't really no go one, much further than national right. news. There wasn't. And most people, most people weren't recording this. They just weren't. And so, and listening back to it or whatever. But the other thing was, um, in the private parts book, which we've got clips, we're going to read some excerpts and we're going to put them on as a screen cap. So you guys can follow along with the bouncing, bouncing Phil. And, um, he, 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 a lot of it is verbatim, but he misses out. He, he changes a little bit of it. And, and the thing is we, uh, Arsenio thinks it's all shtick. Like he thinks it's all, um, Howard's being a character. He doesn't know that he doesn't know enough about him at this point And years later to know that that really was Howard. Like the, the, the faux, oh, I'm so sorry. I was an asshole. You know, that that's, that's bullshit, Howard, the that's real bullshit. Howard, 
The real Howard was the guy right now on playing these old clips, talking bullshit about it. The real Howard got got completely steamrolled on that show and was looking like an asshole. So to turn it around, yes. you decide to play the race card and scream about shitlins and woo. Yeah, Which, now, that's the, not the, the truth. And I have to be a hundred percent transparent here. I I I was full on with Wig in terms of hating Arsenio because I hated watching Arsenio. The only times I would watch it is when a guest would come on that I wanted to really see an interview. Like Ice T would be on, Public Enemy would be playing. Um, when they had after the uh, Millie Vanilli scandal, and then he had them on to play as themselves. I was fat. Yeah. I said I got to watch that. You know things like that. That yeah. that was, was the Louis Farrakhan uh, was on. Didn't he have Magic Johnson on? Yes, he did. And yeah, he that had, was good. He had Jean Claude Van Damme on the day after he had Steven Seagal. All a bunch of guests that would never have been on the Tonight Show at that point. And uh, it was fascinating because you had like Seagal saying, "I don't think much of him." And the next day, Van Damme was totally classy and said, "No, I like Seagal. I like his movies. I'm not sure why he's trashing me. Uh, you know, I think it'd be great if we worked together on a film and stuff like that." And I just thought. That's how you do a talk show. Absolutely. So he had a good ear for guests, like a good eye for guests as well. So let's continue with the history of Howard Stern number five, Rebel Without a Talk Show. If you notice at one point, I'd have to show you on the tape, I'm sitting there, I'm not even paying attention, Arsenio, I'm going, okay, we're going to change this interview yeah, now. Yeah. Things are coming to a grinding halt to my side. Yeah, I saw that look in your eyes. Yeah. Like, all right, enough of this. I said, if I'm going to sit here, the wheels start clicking. Yeah. And in all defense, I mean, if Fox is going to subject me to a situation like that, then they should expect full well that I'm going to have to start doing, you know, doing my thing and being myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to sit there and behave myself. I said, screw television, man, we're going for it here. <laughs> it's the big shot i don't even know what that meant <laughs> wait if i'm gonna subject myself you willingly flew to la no one asked yeah. you to you right. <laughs> somebody might have asked you to but you willingly went you could have said right. no and you got when you got zero reaction for most of your statements and your comments and you didn't like whose fault is that the audience about they don't get you yeah Talk about beating it. Who's beating the bit to death? You, you, not yeah. Arsenio. Correct. So let's go number six. Wig out muscled by Arsenio. I wasn't kidding. Yeah. I was trying to walk out, but the guy's so much more powerful than I am. He threw me back in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> he really, he's literally... I tell you, is there a way we could just uh, put Wig's head on Joe Biden falling up those stairs onto Air Force One? <laughs> Let's let's find out. About to leave, and I said this would be great, but he knew he had nothing to do if you weren't there. Yeah, but he literally manhandled me and threw me. You know. Oh boy. I, I said, "Where's Bernie Getz? The man is this guy. The host is mauling me." Yeah. <laughs> so now number seven, clip number seven. Wiggy brave enough to go after after Rupert Murdoch after his show's been trashed. Be mean and bad, but be mean and bad about the other networks. Never talk about our own network. And don't talk about Rupert Murdoch. For God's sakes, never mention his name. Uh, is that he's God. Yeah, he's the God over there. I mean, he's footing the bills. And right. And so this is from the same guy who actually started trashing Sirius when he was uh, going after the lawsuit. Mm -hmm. But they were, Sirius were fantastic until he had to sue them. Yep. Yeah. They were amazing. Until, <laughs> well, I just... Uh, they didn't hold up their end of the deal. That's right. I, I couldn't bring people. They so only I gave I'd... me half a billion dollars to do exactly. this. 
exactly. Number eight, the last one, it's a long clip, but this, we're going to play only so much of this, but this is called Wiggy Needed Somebody. I was supposed to be back on the show. Half of the Fox people wanted me to come back on that night, and the other half threw me out. So uh, it's a whole big... It was like the, you know, the War Powers Act thing that's going on in Congress. You know that key to the city we got? Yeah. They took it back. <laughs> See, the show wasn't really that outrageous, but Fox threw me out of the building. They should have thrown Arsenio out of the building. What a way to treat a guest. And then they'll tell me I'm difficult. <laughs> what? What? Exactly. How, wig Tardo logic. We should we start doing bits where it's like... <laughs> Um, let me see if I can get it correct. Okay, the, we're going to go in a reverse order here. But uh, one of the clips from Private Parts of the book, page 272, if you are carry, uh, reading along, it says, um, I was a guest on Arsenio's old Fox show. That's probably where our feuding began. I had done a few TV pilots for Fox, and the total idiots who run Fox had no idea what to do with me. That's the extent of his involvement with the Fox that he talks about in his book, because it's an abject failure. And then this picture that you see, um, Robin and I on the set of my never aired Fox pilot. What, oh cause, he, it's, cause, cause it's a, cause it's a complete failure. So it says here, uh, meanwhile, the producer of my show, I'm sure I'm assuming he means his Fox show was producing their late night show. And Arsenio was the lame duck fill in after Fox fired Joan Rivers. For some reason, the producer thought that if I appeared on the show, he would show the execs that I was bankable and they'd go to series with my pilots. I flew out to the show to do for only one reason and one reason only, to trash the shit out of Fox. So, what? like, that makes no sense. Your producer... They already rejected you. They already they rejected said you. no. That's so why was, Arsenio is there in the first place. So this was a Hail Mary from the producer saying, we got to try to get... If the producer gets it to, you know, gets him to get these shows aired, possibly he's going to get a credit, he's going to get more money, etc. Right. That's it. the I producer's only only real like invested interest. Yeah, that producer's interested in the content for getting Arsenio's show some sort of You know what so I he's mean? Th he's talking about the producer, yeah, so the producer of his Fox pilots. No, no, I know, but I'm yeah. saying that if Arsenio is going to have Howard on, don't you think their producers are like, yeah, why not have this shithead who we rejected on? Yeah, Let's totally. see what happens. You know what exactly. I mean? Well, how would thing, this, how would this ever look good for Howard? Right. And how would also, how, how would it be a case where, okay, he's going to take over the show and show you what Arsenio can't do. Meanwhile, they loved Arsenio. They loved what he was doing. Oh yeah. We're so scared of your scary, amazing talent. Right. You blew everyone away. And so although uh, the empty audience, I mean full audience, I mean black audience, I mean three scared white people audience. Okay, so he said uh, he said um the segment ended. Arsenio told me to leave the set for now and then he would have me back on after completing a segment with a South African band. He never said a South African band. He mentioned yeah, the, the fellow's name. Then the page the page came up to me at the break and said, follow me. So this page took me and Baba Bowie back to the dressing room. Empty hallway, empty dressing room. No producer, no Arsenio. It was like a ghost town. Why would you expect Arsenio? He's doing a show. Gary, where I, Gary and I were standing there thinking, what happened? Before I knew it, two security guards escorted me and Gary out. Nobody said a word. No, you were great. No, you sucked. Nothing. <laughs> Show us to the limo. And we got, we got in to go out to the airport and the limo driver was cracking up. You were great, man, he said. You fucking showed him. He's just a fucking asshole. The limo driver wouldn't have seen the show. He'd be in the limo. <laughs> 
<laughs> what does he have a TV in 1987 in his car with the cable? <laughs> so, Wait, so they, yeah, go ahead. Didn't these things didn't air live, right? They they were they were um, live. I think Bowie explains in this next clip live to New York or something like that, but they might have had a delay. I, I mean, they were filmed. They were filmed Wait. the day of and then released that day, but I don't think they were live. No. But you're so you're telling me a disappearance just happened, and the guy who's your limo driver, who what just left his house and flew <laughs> over to the studio to take you to the airport? <laughs> yeah, you were great, man. What what is the I dream of genie like? Boom. <laughs> well, okay, so so then there's then he starts to some of the thing about black and like the stuff that you heard he he puts it in his book and then he said the next thing I knew, uh, he wrote down Arsenio was trashing me a few nights later in what had to be the lamest monologue ever. What's his name? He feigned forgetfulness. Yeah, you know that move, Howard, snapping yeah. his fingers. Howard Stern, the DJ from New York. Oh, my man is a slime burger to the max. Slime burger to the max. You call this comedy? What a monologue. He's the reason why a lot of women are gay, Arsenio went on. And Howard was on Letterman. I'm surprised they were able to get all the chapstick off Letterman's pants during the commercial because he kissed my <laughs> man's butt for 10 minutes. <laughs> True in every word. So that's, uh, and I'll put some of those on there, guys, as an abstract for you to read. Hopefully the resolution will be good enough. But either way, this is the last clip. It's called Wiggy Needed Somebody. So we're going to go through it bit by bit. What an experience going out there and doing that and getting thrown out of the building, no less. And what was weird about it was, you know, I was there with a friend of ours who used to produce our television show. Yes, now what happened? We were budding it up backstage and hanging out and everything, having a really good time. Mm -hmm. And then when I got off the air... It was like buddying up with me and everything. As soon as they threw me out of the building, he was like, um, uh, okay, uh, I'll see you guys. Uh, 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 and then just like ran off. You're kidding. No, it was weird. Wow. So the producer he mentions that did his Fox show ditched him because he was such an embarrassment. And because you weren't was... funny, you yeah. trashed the network, you trashed the host. Right. And you weren't funny again. Right. Right. It was like being it was like being a leper. And then I <laughs> right on. Fox didn't like what I said. Who cares? Screw him. Screw him. I love that upper register stern. <laughs> Pre-puberty. Go ahead. Because in show business, that's generally what you're going for. You want to be on TV so bad that anyone who rejects you, it's time to start you know, yep. slamming the owner of the network, the hosts yeah. of the shows, the exactly. network itself. That'll get right. you far. Right. And never, and ne don't forget to neglect that um, you went in and tried after Joan got fired. You went in and, you know, you were supportive of Joan so much that you decided I'll give it a shot myself instead of saying, yep. fuck that network, fuck them for fucking my friend Joan over, which is what a oh. real friend would do. Well, he feigned that, that that it broke him up and he was, you know, he couldn't believe they did that to her. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, you would you would have taken that pilot in a heartbeat. Joan in who? A, less than a heartbeat. <laughs> Fuck you and Edgar. <laughs> who cares? Screw him. <laughs> who cares? Screw him. <laughs> Could you say that one more time? Who cares? Screw him. <laughs> hey, when I go to war, I go to war. I'm <laughs> when I go to war. <laughs> and his way of getting back at him was getting on the air and saying some things and then writing in a book. He, it's not like he confronted him again. 
problem with being me, and, and, and a lot of people don't realize this, after something like the Arsenio Hall show, I don't walk out there and go, I just did great television. I shake almost, and it takes so much out of me because I am concerned whether or not it was good. Ultimately, was it funny? And B, you know, I do take it to heart. <laughs> so he say he's a complete pussy, and he was shaking in his boots. I don't he was care. Man, I, I don't care. I don't right. care. What happened to that? Yeah, exactly. So this is him in 2004, like being interviewed about it, basically by the Howard uh, staff doing these, uh, trying to put these wraparounds for these history of Howard Stern shows. I love the history of Howard Stern shows because there's so much conflicting information and they released it as is. Like, I know they don't all agree on things. And so (laughs) they still said, basically they proved Howard's full of shit using other people's interviews. It really is without... I mean, I don't know whose idea it was how to put that together, but the yeah. fact that they brilliantly asked everyone the same situational question and they each gave their own interpretation of events. Right. I mean, that was so interesting to listen to because most of the time, Howard is not in line with everyone else. <laughs> not, not, not even close. And that's why if you can find it, go ahead, like definitely guys uh, download it or whatever, because you get so much more, uh, you, you, a lot of things will be edited, but not so horribly. Uh, and people will tell you different stories of the same, different uh, versions of the same story, which is why it's so essential. When somebody is physically having you removed from a building. It's not a great place to be. It, I can't imagine what that did to me. It must have taken some years off my life because <laughs> physically drained from it. My- PTSD for getting kicked out of a building because you were fucking, you were an asshole and unfunny and you attacked the network. <laughs> it basically just seems like the dressing room was empty and they're like, okay, guys, you got to go. Get out, and then, yeah. you know, the the ass-kissing limo driver ready and wait to boost you up with a fake... <laughs> with a fake anecdote. His cheering section. He, Airport. He needed to put that in yes. to boost him up because I truly believe he felt that defeated. The next yes. day, you know, when he came on the air and he did this whole narrative that we just played, that's how he came off. But this is how he really felt about it. He felt no, about I- it. And not only that, this is where he starts to go in and tell, I needed Gary. I needed Gary to boost my fucking ego. If you didn't care, then why did you need Bowie? Why wouldn't you just get on a plane and say, fuck him? Fuck why him, did I, you need the, the fake limo driver? <laughs> <laughs> why did you need that narrative in your book? Mind would be on fire. Like, oh my God, what just happened? And what are going to be the repercussions? And I don't know, am I in trouble? I was like a kid in trouble, like a little kid in trouble. I never walked in as the super confident guy who was on the radio with the number one morning show. I walked in like a kid, like a little kid, and now I'm going to go get myself in trouble. That's how he came off on the appearance, like a little fucking spoiled baby. Like, I got got booted off this show, so fuck them. Yeah, he spoiled Brad. Yeah. I I, I mean, I don't know. I just think that his reflection of this, oh, I, I... then don't say those things. How about actually take some time and think about a funny appearance? Story, something. Yeah, think, exactly. Yeah. Think about Anecdote. something else. Anything. If you're right. so worried about your appearance, it seems like the only thing you're worried about is your Floby wig. I mean, <laughs> the fuck? And, it, you know, it was hard. And, of course, when you need Gary to confide in afterwards and he's sleeping next to you, it's, it's a real pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, on the orange juice. The worst for me was 
when I did the Arsenio <laughs> Hall show and I got thrown out. Right. Like violently thrown out, ushered out by. Oh, well, now it? it's How? violent. Everyone's beating him up. He's always yeah. Martin Luther King Day was just right. like the worst, accosted by everyone. And now we have he's now it went from people just basically kind of walking him out to being pushed out to thrown out violently. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, they have the hose on me. <laughs> Security. Security. That's Security. when you said were you named in a fire? Did your mother name you in a fire? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was worse than Don't that. Don't talk about you my asked, mom. You asked Arsenio if uh, if he had pictures of fox executives with farm animals. <laughs> yeah, because how else could he get this show? <clears throat> it got ugly, but uh, and they told me to go backstage. They were going to have a band from South Africa on, and then they bring me back out again. And as soon as they got me back there, they ushered me out. They like. Right. They, they were afraid I wouldn't leave. They made. They weren't afraid you wouldn't leave. You had to leave. Like they hated you. They fucking thought you were an asshole. Get the fuck out. Spot's over, and the show has to go on. Bye. Yeah. You wait so they could throw you out. Make a long story short. <laughs> I was so you know I was so freaked out by that, so freaked out by that. And Baba Bowie stayed behind because I said to him, "Listen, stay with me. I'm gonna you know I I might need you." you get on the plane. This guy within five wait, minutes. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I need my security buoy. So I can suck my thumb and have Bowie like pat me down. I mean, He's like Linus just... and Bowie's the blanket. He does. It's so true. Bowie is just like me. He falls asleep on the fucking like in first class. He fell asleep instantly. I'm the same on a plane. I could sleep on a hand grenade. I could sleep on nails. My wife is so angry when she sees me like that because she has a lot of trouble sleeping. One time, I real quick, sleep like nothing too. We, one time we're flying to go to Canada. We have to fly like usually it's whatever. Tokyo to Tokyo to Toronto, Toronto to whatever East Coast, and then what happens <laughs> before we've even done the the flat, like you know, the you know this the <laughs> get, re, re, cruising, cru, cruising altitude? I'm already asleep, <laughs> and you're supposed to be awake for that. <laughs> I know it's something about it. Really, just like I could fall asleep in a car really easy. I could yeah. really fall asleep on a plane, yeah. and. It's all a different ball game when you travel and you have a kid and you go on vacation for the first time oh. and you have to like bring activities out and you oh. have to like be present and I'm like, ooh, I'm having trouble. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> he's got boobs. I want to fall asleep on your coloring book. You could color my face. I won't wake up. <laughs> <laughs> wake up and you got kiss makeup on your face. <laughs> I got the most important part Baba of the story. Boy. I'm flying coach. Baba Howard whips out his American Express Baba and he goes, you know what, man? I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to move you up to first class. Yeah, I move him up to first class because uh, I was so like, because yeah. I needed somebody. I needed my man with me to help <laughs> calm me down. I, was... <laughs> I just can't get over the image of the blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I needed my movie blanket. I think I think I'll have to make a Photoshop using Linus somehow on the on the Arsenio Hall show. <laughs> uh, he com he comes in like Lucy and walks out like Linus. <laughs> Freaked out, I was like, "Oh my God, what just happened?" We were ushered out by security. <laughs> in fact, Howard called me because I'm watching it yeah. in New yeah. York. I'm in New York. He's in LA. Yeah, and I said to Robin, "I go, Robin, you gotta watch this thing and just tell me what do you think." He's what? A how bad was it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was thrown out on his ear. He's I mean, like, "Oh my God, what did I do?" At so, least, at least mention the fact it was the red eye. Okay. Okay. So, again, once again, I, I, he was all confident. He put on a great show, and he put it in his book as it was confident. But then here he is admitting that he was a nervous wreck because he it didn't go well, and they threw him <laughs> out. 
Yeah, I thought I thought it was Arsenio's blackness was just taking over the show and making it unfunny. Yeah, and and then all of a sudden, oh, I needed Bowie. I needed Bowie to prop up my frail king baby ego. Mm, that reminds me of somebody. It was not the red eye. It was, it was the a... red. It was a ten o'clock flight. Ten o'clock at night. I don't believe you're right. Yes, of course it was. We taped early, I think. No, it, 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 I took a red eye? Yes, absolutely. I'm positive. We it was a... not the red eye. I'll bet the farm I'll on it. I'll bet the farm that it was. I remember because... You know what, Howard? Don't even... I, I've, I've sat next to Gary on a flight in the middle of the afternoon. No, this was the afternoon. I know it was. It, it couldn't have been the afternoon because you didn't... It was like at five or six o'clock. Robin had already seen the show because the show was broadcast live to New York, right. which was at 11 at night. Right, all right. Wow, okay, so it was broadcast live. That's pretty amazing in, in, the, in that era. But I guess Fox, maybe that's what they decided to do. And they might have had like a, a 10 second delay or a seven second delay the way a lot of those shows would. No way they had a TV in that limo. <laughs> this limo driver's got a watchman. <laughs> if, you're, if you're Sony. listening. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. anyway, I don't know. I was wired out of my mind. I'm, I'm talking to Baba Boy. He goes, <laughs> and, he, and he just turns <laughs> He goes, I'm going to sleep. And he slept. He woke up only once during the entire flight. He looked around like that. He wakes up and he goes, this is how he wakes up. He goes. <laughs> he starts smacking his lips. I swear to God. like, <laughs> And he goes, my, my mouth is dry. He goes, I need <laughs> We've seen that lip smacking in the sleeping in the office video when he's on his, on his chair. Well, he has just a cranium that defies logic. I yeah, just, pretty, with the mouth. Yeah ratio to forehead to right. middle face it's just it's Cro all it's, wrong it's crow magnon yeah. he takes it and he starts drinking orange juice and then he goes and he, and he turns over and he goes right back to sleep i want to take him and take his lips and rip him out of his face you know what, the only strangle part, him the only with part, his own lips the only part of that story you got wrong is that you're not nearly doing justice to how loud my lip smacking was it was unbelievable I know, I know because i was dating a girl at the time and she, she heard you talking about that on the air yeah and she was you know she'd heard my lip smacking when i wake up and she was cracking up it was unbelievable but he, he's like all grog groggy baba booey like uh... That's the best part. We get to go out of pocket to pay him first class ticket, and he just slept on the whole way. And he's there to give him moral support. Yeah, I get it. And I'm like, oh I mean, God. you know, it's. I, I'm sure Gary has been through so much, but oh, yeah. I wish I could have had that plane footage. Like, yeah, if they I mean, were like, going we, down, right? Like, listen the to black this. box. <laughs> I, I want it. <laughs> Listen to this. I need to talk to someone. Baba Groggy. <laughs> I think I, could, I called you on the phone from the plane. Well, I don't know. I think you were still in the airport. You were in the airport. Oh, but God. You... In 1987, you called from the plane. What did you have, like a fucking Matrix phone 20 years later? <laughs> yeah, what is this, Star Trek? <laughs> we're a mess. Yes, and you got on, and he was no help at all. No, it was very nerve-wracking. But I do appreciate that you got me to a uh, more comfortable area to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've sat next to him in a play. He, he falls right asleep. Oh, it's horrible. He, he's out. I'm like a monkey, I swear to God. <laughs> I wanted to sleep. I, I mean, I wanted to sleep, and he's sleeping. Yeah, and you're watching him sleep <laughs> and you know what? while if you're I, irritated. If oh. I would have stayed awake, you probably could have slept. I think the fact that I was sleeping annoyed you so much, you couldn't sleep. <laughs> and he didn't sleep. He did. And he didn't sleep for a half hour. He slept for the entire I flight. Did. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> he wanted to talk to him so bad. He needed his narcissistic supply. He's like, where's my supply? 
Exactly. But I, I remember. I woke up refreshed in New York. I remember. I do remember that. <laughs> I fell asleep before the plane took off. That's <gasps> rare for me. Yeah. Wow. I did. And I remember. Before? <laughs> it was a waste. I remember that you it was a waste of money. You nudged me awake because, uh, like, you were landing. Yeah. I swear. I was annoyed. I, I had to wake him up for the landing. Yeah, and, and you know, even during the flight, I'd ruffle my papers what? and, like, punch him in that arm. And, like, and he wouldn't even move. He's like, that... and he's snoring. And, he's like, and the idea that he wakes up for a second just for orange juice. And falls back asleep. I was like, okay, he's up now. Lucy. <laughs> I love that. One for you, Bowie. God, I gotta love that. Oh, that so, so, if you think that was something, guys, we're actually gonna go into the, um, the subsequently. So this is so in the private parts book. I've explained. I, I read the little section where Parsinio basically had Adam a few days later. So this is the original Masa Boy rant. Afraid to say your name. Yeah. Well, Shenny will better keep his trap shut when it comes to me. <laughs> he knows better. He knows I've bitch slapped him a few times on the radio. <laughs> he knows that. He on the radio. He just admitted he was manhandling you on the set, and you couldn't. You couldn't. He didn't have the strength to run away. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have never been accosted by sound. <laughs> You know what? I heard Woody said it on the radio, and I was in the fetal position for weeks. Arsenio's well trained. Arsenio's my boy. Arsenio knows to keep his trap shut because I can make his life miserable, right, Arsenio? You dope. Especially by appearing on his show. You just keep your trap shut, you big dope. Gums. Is Wig the inventor of like this woke like microaggression? Um. <laughs> Like all these bitch babies on campuses who are like, rah, the world's after me. I don't like this. I mean, Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, look at this. He's saying that he bitch slapped him on the radio. The radio. I mean, that's there's nothing lamer than that. You know, in my mind, I put him in a figure four leg lock. <laughs> <laughs> I daydreamed about punching him in the face. Right. And in my yeah. dream, in my dream, I knocked him out and took out all his teeth. Um, the thing is also the, um, his studio has always been his safe space. He really is like Jodie Foster in what's that panic room. That's what it is. Oh. And anytime he's out of his element, he's just like a fish out of water. My favorite part, if you want to illustrate that guys pre COVID in 2019, when he's doing all of his uh, book promo, where is it mostly being held in his fucking studio? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's so, very, very orchestrated. Totally. Shut up, Gums. He's my boy. Right, Arsenio? You're my boy? You know how to shut your mouth, right? You dope. <sighs> You're my boy. So he was a shadow boxing with tape from the beginning. Like he never had a face to face with any of these fucking people. So for this to go on and then also Arsenio going on later, I'll read it from the book, but check it out. You do what I tell you. You just shut your mouth <laughs> when it comes to me. You, you, you stop flapping those gums in the wind, you lummox. Lummox. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't lummox with the Zeppelin. It, for him to call him boy is... I don't, I don't understand how Arsenio didn't bring in this tape and say, Hey, I heard you bitch slap me. I just brought this in and I wanted to replay it for your audience. Absolutely. And this I mean, you should. come on. Why isn't anyone growing a set? We're giving no. you, we're giving you the answers, people. 
Start yeah. bringing it up. Don't let this fraud get away with it. We're putting it on a Gardein platter for you. Yeah. No, Z knows who I am. <laughs> the DJ. I'm Massa. I'm not DJ. He's my boy. I got my own personal boy in California, Sarsinio. I control him. You triangle-headed bastard. <laughs> now, didn't Bill Maher get in shit not too long ago, like a couple years ago, for saying I'm a I'm a house I'm a house blah blah n word, and yeah. and that got him in shit. Yeah, but it, it's the context is completely. If you miss the context and you just hit the punchline, right, it's going it to sound awful. bad. That's right. But you need the context of the joke. Right, but that's the whole point. Taken out of context, it sounds awful. This, there is, there is no context here. The context is he's pissed off at a black guy, and now he's calling, he's saying, I'm Massa, and he's calling him boy. Yeah, there was flapping gums. I mean, he's doing a full-on, you know, blackface show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You just keep your mouth shut. I bet you. I bet you he gets the AIDS virus with all those broadies doing. Well, I read I about it. Wish that on. That's the plague. I don't wish it on anyone. I didn't say I wished it on him. All right, I wish it on him. Oh jeez. <laughs> I wish the AIDS virus on him. Oh, will you stop it? <laughs> now you've gone too far. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Went over the line. Now I'm going to keep going. There's only a little bit more, but and uh, just one sec. Cross that line. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I wish AIDS on him. <laughs> what do you think of that? I hope he gets AIDS and dies. I know you don't mean it. Why not? Because, you know. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> okay, so there you go. So that's the original Massa rant. And now I'm going to play one more clip, if I can he find has, it. Just one he, moment. He's, he's, he has a wife and children. And because he didn't like the way his performance went to a show that he volunteered to put himself on now arsenio should die of aids okay that makes sense so now to add a little more fuel to the fire we have wig's first appearance on the tonight show after jay leno was taking it over obviously in uh, 1992 and he he, he starts uh, shit talking arsenio talk about johnny jake just keep it in your pants <laughs> but i'm going to say something i tuned in arsenio the other night right and i like this show 10 times better than any arsenio show by the way i really do moron Arsenio who couldn't even do stand-up comedy. Jay, true or false? You are a stand-up comic. You sit at home at night evaluating other comics with Jerry Seinfeld. They sit at home. They watch television. Do you or do you not sit and evaluate other comics? Oh, sure. I think everybody does. You do. You do. Is Arsenio a good stand-up comic? No. Say it. Say the truth. He no, is not. No, no, All right. No, no, he is no, not. No, no, I don't no. mean to get you involved in a no, rivalry. No, no. I would say it. No, he is pretty good stand-up comic. He's a good stand-up comic? That's a lie. That. No, no. Hey, Brantford. <laughs> And the reason why I'm playing this, you'll, it will be very obvious when we start playing the actual interview. Obviously, we know what the rescinding episodes are about. But I just wanted people to know that he doubled down. It wasn't just, you know, oh, in 87 he was pissed. And he got on the show and he held a, a grudge against him. Well, there's that. But then going into 93, he's still pissed off because this, this is the era of the late night wars. So... Could you imagine like, laughing your ass off if you were Arsenio and seeing this 
clown in a longer wig, poodle do. You know, Jay Leno's putting on his glasses and he's sitting there. Now tell me, do you do this? Do you sit there and judge what Jerry Seinfeld comics? It's like, right. why I, if I were Arsenio, I would be fucking laughing hysterically at this lunatic. Like you're still obsessed with me, dude. Yeah. I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm already like four years into my show. And I won't have you back because you were a shit guest. And this is the thing I don't, I, I have a feeling that all these guys, Leno, Letterman, they really just had him on to, to mock him. I think they had him on to show him up for the fucking tool that he is. I believe that's what it was. Well, just the same way I believe certain comedians' wives make fun of other wives per mm-hmm. se in the Hampton-esque crowd. Like I think Beth is a big joke. Alaria oh, is a big joke. They've I think they be. all invite her for the mock of it. Yes. I think Howard's invited to these things for the mock of it. I definitely yeah. think uh, when he goes on vacation to Mexico and Beth's hammered, that was embarrassing and they left the next day. Remember? I- I agree. Yeah. I think, I think they're just become the story you talk about when they're gone. Yeah. So like wh- who are these people? What, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you famous? <laughs> Why are you showboating? Yeah. Killer instinct. Oh, he's a pretty good stand-up. You got no killer instinct. Let me tell you something. My feeling on Arsenio is he's a crummy stand-up comic. So I tune in the other night. So his big thing about Jay is Jay calls Jay a punk ass. Now let me tell you something. Does anybody in this audience know what a punk ass is? I, what do you think of what do you think of that? Someone calling you a punk ass. What do you think of that? Well, I think you just sort of say Well, I think it hurts the person who says it more than to You're respond. You're like a lamb, Jay. You're like a lamb. No, no, no. I think Jay is like a lamb. <laughs> This standing up, the hand, the gesticulating, Beth is almost exactly the same because she doesn't stand up and looking for like, I mean, again, it's a Rickles affectation, but it's shit Rickles. And then he starts going over to Brantford, who's not, doesn't last with the show, but he goes, oh, because she's black and you're black. He's out to ruin you, whatever the fuck. I mean, there was no ruining. By the time Jay Leno got on this show and then his ratings started going through the roof, basically, and he never really um, suffered after the fact. I really like how he's complimenting Jay so much because then we all know how quickly that turned, the worm Absolutely. turned, and then all of a sudden he's talentless and, and yeah. I don't know how he got this job. And right. he has zero loyalty to anyone. Nothing. So it's, it's so he it's so He stands for nothing. He doesn't care about anything. And that wig sweating, that's very <laughs> telling. That's very telling. The perspirating around that poodle do is very telling. All right, guys, get ready because we got our first saber dance question right out of the, the bat on, um, I think it was the 2nd of March, Arsenio agreed to do an interview. And then, um, the first question is like a minute and 14 seconds. So give, bear with oh us here. God. I spend so much time in my life. I'm running out of time. I spend so much in my time going back and observing your talk show. Um, and there was so much great stuff in there. I really recommend people do this because I think when you had the show, I certainly, first of all, I was so fucked up. I couldn't appreciate anybody, anybody who had any kind of audience I was jealous of and, and angry with. But, and, and I apologize for that uh, because I, I missed out on how great that show was. And now when I go back and look at it and I watch you, 
with uh, there's a couple of shows that just were mesmerizing, especially the one with Prince. I think Prince was at his best. Came on oh. and really, what a sign of support! A guy comes on and does five songs. I mean, he he really came through for you. It was the most loving gesture. Again, that what again? Term, loving. Again. He is a human impersonator, everyone. A human impersonator. Star fucking is a loving gesture. <laughs> well, not only that. Okay, so we've already got him right out of the bat. Like this is, I didn't clip the entire interview, but this is part of it. The, the first part of it. And the idea that he fucking trashed him for so long. And he's saying, oh, because I was jealous. No, yeah, you were jealous. That was your original, that was your real visceral reaction. I actually appreciate he said that. Why? Because he explained that he was jealous? Yeah, I mean, at least he said he was jealous. I, I, you know, at least when that's you, something. When you say I have to apologize, like but you don't actually. I like better than out of my mind. Okay, but still, he when he goes, I'm, I've got to apologize, but then he never actually says sorry. That's not an apology. That's true. Right. That's true. It's, it's him avoiding having to say, I'm really sorry. And I, I apologize. When you say I apologize to you for blah, 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 that, okay, that counts as an apology. But when you say I've got to apologize and you never actually say what it is you're apologizing for, you're, you're, you're saying it was because of me, because of this, whatever. You have to be sincere and he doesn't sound sincere. It just sounds like word vomit bullshit. It also sounds like super, I, when you're asking a question, say if you're a journalist or an interviewer, if you have your opening, you know, statements or however you're going into this into, mm -hmm. um, into a self-serving monologue, yeah. dipping into, <laughs> dipping, <laughs> trying to dip into something. I mean, how awful, how awful, this is like, terrible. I mean, it's like, just ask Tom. a fucking, you should have said, okay, before we start this, I want to say yeah. A, B, and C, not this. No, it's not like, you know, Tom, when you threw that, uh, when you threw that, uh, pass for that touchdown in the Super Bowl, you know, I was driving down, uh, Wilshire Boulevard at Boulevard and, uh, I, I needed a pizza. So I went and got a pizza and, uh, they, they fucking fucking put our anchovies on. I didn't ask for it. They just gave it to me. I had to fucking eat it to pick them off, you know? And then, um, you know, by the way, my <laughs> hubcap, someone had ripped off my hubcaps. My rims were gone by the time I came out of the pizza place. So ultimately you know, it wasn't a good day for me. Uh, so when you threw that touchdown. <laughs> I know. I know. What the fuck? It, but it's more like in the Tom Brady sense when he tries to relate to him. You know, I, I just had to be the best. I got up at four in the morning and right. I know what you went through, the struggle. No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> you had someone drive you in. Yeah, the struggle. <laughs> the struggle. Okay. Gr grillos at the door. Potatoes are cut. People are clearing the halls. Right. Like it's a fucking airy drill. You Get know that, out of here. You, you know that Ronnie, the same way you tuck a kid in in the crib, Ronnie, when he went inside, Ronnie opened the door and put his seatbelt on for him. <laughs> <laughs> like a kid, a kiddie seat in the back of a car. <laughs> Okay, so let's keep going. <laughs> totally pictured. Best dancing, best performing. The sound quality on your show was amazing. It really is something for people to go back and see if they really want to see Prince at his best. You agree? I mean, it was a special night. This is the guy who also fucking trashed the shit out of Prince. Like, you agree? You know, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, number... I don't. I, I, I think my show was horrible. Good this question. One made, this one made me laugh. Number two, Wig needs an after hours club tutor. What is the attraction to going to like these after hour clubs? Like what? <laughs> What is it that that happens there? Is, is it because it's illegal, or is it, is that what makes it enticing? <laughs> I've been to a couple in my life, and they were they were all one was scary because it was in the bad part of town, and the other one was just you know in the middle of Toronto it was probably mobbed up. It was on the Danforth, and it was a Greek place, a bouzouki joint, and uh, it was you know security guard, whatever, you know, you're locked from the inside. You were putting your cigarette out on a non-smoking establishment, putting cigarettes out in cans, that kind of shit. So, uh, you know, it's open until four in the morning. Every day is an after hours. Is that, is that true? Is that for real? Yeah. We've never, our city's 4am. Our bars close at 4am. Last call is, so last call is 4am. Last call is 4am. Holy shit. That's always oh. been like that. So, so like when I would come home, you know, last call is 4 a.m. Everyone leaves at 4.30. Like, I'm home and the sun's up. Like, that's just yeah. how it went. And so after hours clubs was going out till, like, 9 in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> you, you needed to keep going, absolutely. Number three, Wiggy kissing Arsenio's ass. You know, because I studied the, the, the video of your old shows, I think maybe, and I'm such a huge Eddie Murphy fan, I think you more than anyone did the quintessential interview with Eddie Murphy. And I say this because there's a certain rhythm that you have with Eddie. You give him room when it seems like he's going quiet. You just stay quiet and wait for the gold. And, and you got into this wonderful little argument with Eddie on your show. Like now here, this is the whole, the whole purpose and Raven would agree with me and I'm sure you will too. He was basically using Arsenio as an angle to get uh, Eddie. He couldn't get Eddie. I'm sure he tried for him because they were doing press for coming to America, which I heard was a piece of shit. Go big, oh. su big, big surprise. I'm telling you right now, this whole new woke mentality mob is ruining every single sequel there ever is. It was just no storyline jam packed with as many woke quips as you can possibly have. Mm -hmm. And it was so bad and brutally just you know, stuck in there. Yeah. It, it was, it was so obvious. Rick and I yeah. were looking at each other. One point it was so bad and obvious. I looked at him and he looked at me and I, I go, I can't, I can't make it through this whole thing. And he's like, right. can we please turn this off? I'm like, yeah, it's awful. It's yeah, terrible. No, well, I mean, I've told people to listen to our show all the way through before you make a judgment call. But I mean, with movies, with movies, I suppose I should, you should extend the same courtesy to really comment on it. But from all the reviews from people I have finished the movie I've read, they pan it. Like it's been completely it's turned, it's been completely trashed in almost every, on every website I've ever seen. It's just, it's ham handed wokeness. I don't know what else to say. Every, every turn it's just shoved in there. I'll have to watch it because I do enjoy hate watching things if you're if they're shitty. You'll hate but... this. You'll hate this. <laughs> okay. Well, either way, he's desperate to get the white whale. The, the, pardon the expression, but the big white whale is Eddie Murphy. And Eddie's a shitty interview. Like, he's not a really good interview guest. It depends on the situation. He did one for Marin recently that was excellent, but that's because he made it into a conversation. It was just a, like two guys talking on the phone almost. And Eddie also, he's, he's, I think, more comfortable talking to another comic than some other format. 
Plus, Mark Marin just has that way, kind of like Rogan, where you just see where this goes. There's no yeah. intention. That's right. And so he's desperate to get Eddie on the show, but meanwhile, he can't because he's probably said some shitty things, and we know he has. That's another rescinding, if, if Eddie ever does the show, which I hope he does, because I'd love to hear that train wreck. <laughs> right. So here's like some some non-apology. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to lather your ass for a minute about going on YouTube and watching some of your old stuff about right. Prince. And right. now where's Eddie? Yeah. Yeah. That's why later on one of the clips I called, <laughs> we're going to now let's introduce Arsenio Piscopo because when we did the Fox pilot, all he was doing with Pisco was asking him, where's Eddie? What do you know? I was expecting Eddie. <laughs> it's so true. Like 30, 40 years later, he still can't get him. It was so fucking good because you said to him, um, Eddie, if you, 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 you love Elvis and you're talking about Elvis. And you think Elvis is so great. He goes, if you know the truth, if you met Elvis now, you wouldn't even want to be in the same room with the guy. <laughs> and it's so true. Elvis, like, like Elvis was a maniac. And he's not going to want to be with Elvis. And, he, and you got him to admit, you're right, Arsenio. I probably wouldn't want to be in a room with Elvis. Wow. <laughs> it's just nuts. Just nuts. It's like awful, stupid. Dumb. Yeah, I mean, this is how is this different from Robert Plant? Like, did you hear? You remember this song? Remember this song? Why do you have to recount the interview? Why don't you ask something of of note about what's it like interviewing Eddie? Now, like, if you're friends, are there you know are there topics you avoid on purpose because you know, uh, are there you know certain? Do you have edicts even amongst like even with Eddie? Does he have certain things he doesn't want to talk about that he tells you about beforehand? What's the protocol? Right. I mean, yep. could you imagine if we interview people and every time it's, do you remember this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand if you're interviewing Junior Soprano that you might want to ask him these things, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let, let me refresh your memory. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, let's see. Wiggy and wonders what he did to piss Eddie Murphy off. But yeah, um, yeah it's so crazy. You know, but, 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 uh, the, but Eddie has been on my show. And, um, I haven't seen Eddie in years. I, the last time I saw Eddie, he was with his uncle and he was doing a, a live show. I was there. I used to go see Eddie perform and I, I you know, it was so magnificent when he would perform live and I, and he brought me back uh, and we were talking Roosevelt and Conlon road and all this different stuff. And, and then I just haven't seen him since. <laughs> yeah. Cause he realizes you're a phony. You lived in Roosevelt yeah. for a year and yeah. you're a racist and you suck. Yeah. He doesn't uh, want to come on your show. Joe, right. I must have offended him or something. That's the word I got, that he's angry with me about something I might have joked about. I don't know, but I don't know. It's sort of sad to me because I I love oh. the guy. Fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, we got to get him in here for Coming to America 4. Eddie <laughs> <laughs> will be 90 by then. Like, basically, he's saying you, you don't have a chance in hell of fucking getting him. Like, and he might. He might when he has something to promote, but I doubt it. I don't think Eddie I, yeah. gives a fuck. I, I hope for his own dignity he doesn't. But do you think that Arsenio is loving this mental gymnastics? Like, Wiggy must have gotten off of this interview the same way he got off the set from his first appearance on Arsenio's Fox show. Like, oh, fuck, what did I do? What did I do? Because he is tripping over himself in transparency yes i mean it's just it essentially let's see like arsenio's a speed bump to get to fucking a bubble hill i mean the the, the whole idea of like it, it has to piss off arsenio although he's too nice 
that he is really just there. He knows he's being used as, you know, let's, let's, let's see if I can get to fucking Eddie. At, at some point, eventually he figures this out, but he's kind enough and nice enough to just go along and, and pro- like, uh, provide anecdotes that are amusing. At least his stuff about Richard Pryor. I loved, I, I absolutely loved it, but it had nothing to do with wig. He was just very forthcoming. Right. And like, he's being kind and saying, yeah, if coming to America for, you know what it kind of reminds me of on a smaller scale. If you have a friend who you don't, they say, say somebody comes into your crowd and you just kind of don't really vibe with them. You just sense sure. some sort of disingenuousness and you something. feel like they're a social climber or something. Yeah. And you just can sense it. And your friends kind of poke you and ask you like so what's going on like do you not like her or what's the you know what i mean like what's the deal they're fishing for like what's the problem howard right now is just fishing to arsenio like tell me what i did wrong so i can so i can kiss ass and make it right because i'm sure he's tried to take every avenue to figure out why doesn't this guy like me yeah and is he desperate for it? And then the, in the end, if it's going to be a, a big waste, if Eddie goes on the show, if he, if he ever goes back live or if he goes on, on a, you know, a zoom interview, he's not going to want to do it. That's the other thing. Eddie at this point is, um, I mean, I, I don't know that I care to watch his stand up in the future. I don't know what his regular, he might still be good at stand up. Who knows? I don't know that I'd want to see it necessarily, but uh, I mean, I would be curious to see it. I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not craving it cause he wasn't my favorite stand up, but um, it would be an event for sure. Yeah. The same way when he did the SNL, he came back and hosted it. That was a big event and he was great. He did the Mr. Robertson yeah. thing. It was, it was really good. He is a talented person, but he is of the stature of, if he doesn't want to do the Stern show, he, there's no force on earth going to get it. No ass kissing. Doesn't matter how much you do wig. You're not getting him unless he yeah. wants to we, go. I don't good. like you. He doesn't it, like you. It's not right. going to happen. He's like Billy Crystal. He's not giving you the time of day. Number five, we gives us another rambling saber dance non-question, how, projection. However, I'm not going to play the saber dance. Isn't it amazing when you look back on that show at that time, and I'm sure you were under a lot of pressure. It was this whole, you know, big thing, oh, this is the first black man to have a late night talk show. And, um, and by the way, so, Howard, let's, let's stop for a minute. You know, it wasn't, when we first met, it was a crazy situation at Fox, but we have to remember that they kind of set us up and pit us against each other because they hadn't they already talked to you about that show? Yes, I was supposed to take over for Joan Rivers. Which... Okay, we're going to go into it now, love. This is really, this is kind of cool. This is kind of the way it goes. What you ended up doing, and it, it, but you know what, though? Arsenio, I swear to you, I look back on my life with a lot. Do you hear? He just walked, he washed right by that question. He just decided, no, I need a hard, hard left. Hard left. That pivot was what a glaze, what a glaze over the mountains of evidence we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a, the neatest little bow you could have put on his feelings about that situation. Yes. We just skated right over that. That's right. And if we eventually, when we go through the Colford book, guys, they're going to give you more detail of the fucking, uh, the, the Fox pilots, all five of them, the, the, the test shows and how awful they are. But in his own book, private parts, it's not even a sentence that whole no, Fox it's, pilot. It, it's all Arsenio. Yep. It's all about like, who can I go after instead? A lot of regrets. And one of them is, 
my relationship with you and when I was on your show. And, but, you know, I couldn't appreciate the moment and I couldn't appreciate other people's talents. I was very caught up in myself, you know, and I've done a lot of therapy and a lot of work on myself. And, you know, as a result of doing all that, I could go back and look at your show and go, oh my God, look what this guy was doing. There was a real nice, relaxed attitude. Now, this is, this is the problem. It's this performing Howard. He's full of shit. He's still this the same fucking person. This is what he's supposed to say. This is yeah. what he's supposed to say. Okay, right. I'm in therapy. So my revelation is going to be, I watched some of your show and I'm supposed to appreciate it. Right. I'm supposed to tell you how good your show was and I was incorrect. I'm back. I'm whitewashing everything I said about you wanting, wanting to wish you AIDS and dying and your show sucks and your stand-up sucks. That's all going to that's all gonna come into play, guys. Just you wait. Woo! people time to respond to a question and that might seem kind of silly in fact i was even going to say to you when you were doing it you were probably like shit i gotta win in the ratings um uh, you know i i point to this like i wonder what th went through your head david bowie who you never can get on a show he comes oh. he liked you and he comes and he does a bunch of songs and i was watching that interview and it was great the interview but then when he gets up and performs he doesn't do any of his hits would yeah. that uh, would that make you insane? <laughs> Again, it's total projection. He, first of all, couldn't get David Bowie on his show. When he did, he was doing the birthday show, and he played like hits. He did play the hits, but he's angling for some kind of, you know, anger, like some beef. Like Arsenio's going to go fuck, eggs. fuck David Bowie. Yeah, like can we hate him together? Posthumous <laughs> beef, like he's dead. Yeah. What do you? And what is? What's it? What's what, he going to do? Hey. Grave, Bowie, <laughs> Arsenio's upset you didn't perform the hits. I mean, you what, ask, what, what are you going to get from that? You want right. Iman to answer and clap back? I mean, what? Yeah. And the other thing is talking about like your ratings and stuff. Well, Wig, you didn't, you couldn't get your show approved to get ratings. <laughs> Arsenio yeah. knew full well. And in one of the clips in our original Carson versus, um, uh, Carson, well, I don't think I played the clips, but on the PBS Master Series, Arsenio was interviewed about the Carson show saying uh, I, he idolized Carson. Like he really, and he'll talk a little bit about that and we'll talk about Carson. But he said, if I could get the kids of Carson's audience, that would be fine. Like I could survive off of that. Right. That's And smart. so, yeah. And he was very, uh, he was very adroit about that and the idea that he wanted to have his own version. But so, the only reason to watch Arsenio really was to get all those artists that couldn't appear on the Tonight Show at that time. So I used to like all the hip hop acts, um, you know, nice and smooth. I can't remember Salt and Pepper. All these bands would not have made it on the show on the strength of that style of music. But then the guests, even you wouldn't get necessarily unless they were really massive. He broke Mariah Carey, and they're going to talk about it. Like he he put her on first, and then Carson put her on. Well, I just think that this disingenuous Howard right now is yeah. it's all of what you're supposed to say without yeah. really even meaning it. No, oh, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, you want David Bowie, but you don't want him doing his new shit. You want him doing, you know, Why not? and heroes and all that stuff. Would you sit there and go, fuck, what, you know, oh, this yeah. guy is going to, he's going to tune out people, you know? I don't care if he's playing everything off of Never Let Me Down. Just put him on the fucking show. I don't give a fuck because he's a, a name guest. Like, it doesn't matter at that point. Right. And I almost enjoyed back then in the 90s, like when you had musical guests on talk shows yeah. 
or whatever, and they kind of just went in whatever direction and you didn't know what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Some, some of those are the most fun performances, like legendary, like, Oh, that's new. I mean, for oh. Christ's sakes, you always talk about Everlong with a uh, beat or uh, I'm sorry, Dave Foo Grohl, Fighters. Foo yeah. Fighters. You know, you always talk about that wasn't a song before that moment. Right. So what are you going to say? That's weren't you just ready to strangle him for not playing Nirvana's <laughs> greatest hits? I mean, exactly. What? It's bullshit. Number six, Weeks tongue firmly up Arsenio's assholeio. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so much pressure to have a talk show, and and um, you know I think it's you know Bill Clinton playing the sax on your show. There's some great stuff to go back and look at uh, that that I'm just amazed. And then you go and and you are a student of the the ratings. You were delivering the a student of the ratings. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I must have missed that class. That Clinton appearance on the Arsenio Hall show was one of those things that humanized Clinton. For and, sure. Uh, and it totally, as a PR move, was fantastic. It really worked. And I remember, because I watched it live, and I remember thinking, wow, this is kind of cool. A lot of these guys are a little too stick and, uh, stiff uh, you know, to do something like that. And or to have show that they had some kind of musical talent. <laughs> I, I was going to say, it was actually talented. It was, right. a, it was cool. Right. I mean, they had, and there was a great interview. The other, the next thing that happened that I saw that I read actually was the Rolling Stone interview that Jan Wenner, I think Ben Fong Torres, I think, and also Hunter S. Thompson interviewed Clinton for Rolling Stone at length before he was president. And Hunter S. Thompson, who's one of the most cynical motherfuckers, he said, you know what, I, I, we're going to, whatever the s- circumstance of, if I'm left wing or right wing, I liked him as a guy. I don't know if yeah. he's going to be a good president, but I, I liked him as a person. And that was, that was fine. Like that was, he was charismatic. Yeah. The next one is, oh, sorry. We're still playing the same clip. Fucking goods for a syndicated late night show to be pulling those kind of ratings. And yet the perception was, is that you weren't doing enough. And I bet you that drove you crazy. You oh, were yeah. like, what do I have and, to do? And, and they wanted me to demographically speaking, they would tell me, to be a little more conservative because when Johnny leaves, you want to inherit that audience. So I mean, this is that, and that is a decent question and that's a decent answer. Like they're trying to say like, Johnny is going to leave because it was in the interim. Like he started a couple of years before Carson left and the whole idea was maybe he can, you know, gradually get that, get that audience. And then his ratings started falling and he didn't, you know, when the show was canceled, the ratings were down because of his lead-ins. The lead-ins were crap. Um, number seven, Ed McMahon dope. This one's good. You got to confirm this for me. Would Ed McMahon, while he was working on The Tonight Show and you're doing your thing, he would call you and suggest, this is what I've heard, he would call you privately and suggest guests for you because he knew they weren't Tonight Show guests. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and I guess it was mostly black guests that he would suggest. Is that true? Is that, was that his thing? Yeah, he, he, he never called me and mentioned Bill Burr. You know, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he always. uh, And and by the way, he would tell me about people because Ed, like, like, say for instance, if Ed would have somebody on Star Search, Johnny would say, "Uh, "You should tell Arsenio about Sinbad." You know, and or or (laughs) I remember the the name I remember was Usher Raymond because they use both names. Right. They didn't uh, know Usher. Yeah, and and and. Ed would take me to dinner at Spago's and we would talk. And I think the thing that was most important to me is that Johnny didn't hate me. 
And that's the truth. Um, when he did retire, Arsenio and Doc went on the, the uh, Ar- uh, sorry, Doc and uh, Ed went on the Arsenio show. And I think, and there was definitely a thing of, they didn't like the fact that how it went about that Jay got the job. So they kind of transferred the mantle of the real host should be, you know, Arsenio Hall. And I don't know that I disagree at the time. I, I wasn't a fan of Arsenio, but I love the way he, he ran the show and the way uh, yeah. he had the guests all over the place. I I agree. And I also think it's interesting. Johnny didn't disprove of, uh, he knew that he couldn't bring the type of guests that he might've even wanted to because he knew what his audience was. So he was a slave to his audience and he was on his way out and he's not going to rock a boat on his way out. So generous enough, generous enough to say, why don't you have these guys? That's amazing. That is amazing. Like I spot talent. I know what's going on. I, I wish I could have them on, but please tell him to have these people on. Yeah. That's that's actually very generous. I think so. That we could peacefully coexist because he didn't want any parts of, you know, (laughs) Q-tip, you know? Yeah. But yeah, so maybe you took the pressure off him so he wouldn't have on Q-tip, but you would. And therefore he didn't look bad. It's not about looking bad. It's just, you know, your audience, they're not going to like this. They're not going to whatever. And then by the end near like Carson was definitely too long on the tooth and he should have retired a few years earlier. I'm glad he didn't, but uh, you know, it was good to have him as long as we did, but he knew what not to have on his show. Quote unquote, you know, the Johnny Carson thing with you and you're a really good stand up comedian. (laughs) I'm going to talk. Oh, are you? You are? I'm sorry. I just thought I saw Howard sweating profusely, jumping up and down like a child on Jay Leno saying, admit he's a bad stand-up comic. He's horrible. He's terrible. Admit it. You and Jerry. You're a really good stand-up comic. And let's face it, back in the day when you were coming up and you were working at stand-up really hard and devoting your life to it, being on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson was a big fucking deal. Johnny would not put you on. Um, and, and, and was that just a source of great pain to you? Because you had paid your dues. You were, you know, you were working out of all. (laughs) I hate this sincere, like ass lathery, like, fuck you. Was this just a source of pain? Because I know I complained about it profusely and then whined about it. I don't know, for two decades. And then I made a fucking unfunny sketch about Howard or about Carson where he beat his wife. And that was the joke the entire time. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I also panicked when Johnny's lawyer wrote a book about Johnny Carson, even though it was pretty honest, nice memoir, legendary. <laughs> I fucking awesome shit story. myself because I thought, who's going to write a book about me? Because I'm such an asshat. Yep. A lot of clubs, uh, the same, you know, comic clubs that everyone else was. What was it with Johnny that he would not put you on? What do you think? What was the feedback you got? Well, back in those days, a guy named Jim McCauley would come to the comedy store, the improv, and they would watch you. And um, he always said, I'm not a Carson guest. The, the irony is he thought I was a Letterman guest and I ended up doing my first stand-up shot. And Letterman was owned like that Worldwide Pants, um, sorry, not Worldwide Pants. Um, that show, the slot for the Letterman show was owned by Carson. 
So he was making money. And that's why Carson was a bit of a good businessman. He, um, he Eventually. was making money off the Letterman show. Yeah. And then Letterman, Henry. Yeah. <laughs> where you kicked him to the curb. On Letterman, which right. was very cool back in the day, because that was the hip spot. But you know how comics are. You know a lot of comics. We wanted one of those. We right. wanted to get the that. Johnny o yeah, you know that because you went on Letterman and bitch like, I'm trying to get on Carson. Uh, don't, no, no offense to you, Dave, uh, but you know, I'm really trying to angle myself to get on Carson. No one's calling I'm, me. <laughs> I'm so talented. I'll come on with my chucks and poodle do and do nothing. Offer nothing. With my porn stash. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah. Let him, let him invite me to the chair. Yeah. Yes. And, and Joan Rivers would put me on the Tonight Show on Mondays. But Johnny would never put me on. And, of course, then Joan was kind of upset when I took over her show. But, dude, I was hungry. Now, so he's being honest about that. Wig would never tell you that Joan went after him and said, fuck you. How dare you? But you know right. she probably was pissed as fuck when Howard went in for it. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he couched it somehow to make it not his fault either. Right. Like... I, I can't imagine what he would say or how he would slither out of it, but he probably tried to. Mm -hmm. I do have to say, now that we're revisiting this kind of moment in time about Carson and these mm -hmm. late night shows and this, I really want to go over our, not, I don't know how we would do it, but kind of go over our, our old episode or add on to it now that we have the MPD factors. We're kind of more intense about it. We have more to offer, I feel like. We could re-record it. I mean, the sound quality, I, I've tried to um, up the sound quality, but the problem is we were both using like earbud mics and uh, mm -hmm. the volume is way low. So we, we totally, I still have all the clips. We totally could redo it and give it, uh, but the thing is we also use some of those clips in the um, Fox pilot. So maybe at one point we'll, we'll think about re-recording that and the better half as well, because we could, we had, su we would have such a fucking field day with that if we had you know, our own say with this, if we didn't have a cackling <laughs> asshole. <laughs> if we didn't have a bowl, a bowl running through your house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next part. Uh, Arsenio praises Carson. Let's talk about that relationship. Okay. I am a Joan Rivers lover, as you mm -hmm. are. Joan Rivers was very, very good to you. Oh, a yeah. phenomenal woman. You know, I loved her so much. I gave I gave the eulogy at her funeral. I loved her so much. I tried to take her fucking show when she was kicked off. Funeral. I loved her so. I loved her so much. I talked about her dry pussy yeah. at her funeral because that was so touching and outrageous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, at in, the, in your sick in your sixties, that's what you should be doing. I loved her so much. I I needed Louis C.K. to punch up my script for her eulogy. <laughs> I just adored that woman. I don't do that kind of stuff, but for her, yeah. <laughs> for you, I would think, you know, Johnny wouldn't have you on, but Joan, whenever she was the guest host and somebody dropped out or something, get Arsenio. Like yeah. she, and, she, that's, that, that is true. Absolutely. But, um, and Arsenio is actually a better talk show guest than a lot of people would think. And this, this interview is kind of proof because he's being forthcoming without actually, um, without needing to be prodded a lot of guests are so reticent to speak it's just it's literally so you understand you're making a film yes well, <laughs> what's it about I, I i agree because he could leave him hanging with totally. a lot of these oh yeah i mean 
he could hang him out to dry on every single one of these nothing questions. Right. Leading questions. I, I think so too. And the reason why, by the way, guys, this isn't a quite a rescinding. It is a rescinding, but it's also a coverage of the interview just for breakdown purposes. So it's like a breakdown rescinding combo. Sorry. End up getting that show because those people had seen me so many times. The people on the Fox lot, I was a regular with Joan. And, uh, and, and by the way, I didn't get on Johnny until it was time to promote coming to America. So I actually right. got on interviewed with, with him and announced the following week that I was doing a talk show. And you know, that was all by design because if I had said that I was doing a talk show, I wouldn't have gotten on to promote coming to America. That's true. And that the average arc for a comedian was to go on and promote either a TV show or a movie but it would not be a talk show. Like, there's no way. Although I think he did no. wish Brenner well. I think he, because he came on and said, I'm doing a show. And I think he said, good luck to you, but never had him on until way later. There was a very uh, rhythmic way of how show business worked back then. Yes. Uh, the, the, you know, it, almost like school, elementary, middle, high school, college. You know, mm -hmm. you go through these hoops of what you do next. And so stand up, get asked on, get a TV show, get a movie, mm -hmm. maybe get a talk show, something like that. You know, there was these certain, nobody really veered from the path too no. much. No, the tracks were like well laid. And so, um, it was, it was going to be many decades before that changed and social media and, and the, the internet really changed everything. And I wouldn't have gotten on the kid from Cleveland who dreamed of this. Don't forget, I started as a magician in Cleveland. I wrote Johnny a letter when I was 11, and they told me I was wrong then. It's funny. He, my <laughs> whole life, he was telling me I was wrong. You know, I'm a little black magician from Cleveland, and he's like, no, nope, that's wrong. But I still have the letter. And um, when I finally met him during commercial, he did a coin trick for me. And back in those days, Johnny would have a cigarette hidden. He smoked a cigarette. Yep, yep, until he yep. died, unfortunately, sadly. I know. Another trick, and, and, and we really got along and talked, and that night was very special for me, dude. When I was a kid, I was the only brother in Cleveland who wanted a Johnny Carson suit. I had read in a magazine that there was a certain thing by Botany 500, and it was a Johnny Carson fashion. And everybody else wanted to be Jim Brown in Cleveland. You know, everybody wanted to be one of the Temptations. I wanted a Johnny Carson suit. And my dad, one September, when we went shopping. I just got to cut that one off. Sorry, guys. School clothes. He bought me a Johnny Carson suit that I would wear to church every Sunday. That's an amazing story, isn't it? I love that so much because you read in the Henry Bushkin book yep. how he started because people loved how snazzy he dressed on the show. And he started mm -hmm. that clothing line. Mm -hmm. And he was being ripped off at first for what mm -hmm. it was. Remember the deal initially was ripping him off a lot. His contract, you mean? Yes, the contract. Yeah. yeah. And but I, I just love that. I thought it was so cool that he was one of the first people who took his show business act and turned it into so much more. I mean, kind of like a Kardashian of his time. Very you know? much so. Very much so. right, and it, like, and it like wasn't highly lip kits. It's right. He, it wasn't he, just he made suits, really good suits. It wasn't. It, yeah, I mean, some of them did look like optical illusions, but that was because he was doing it for the gag. But the ones they were selling, I'm sure, were very you know snazzy for the time. The thing is, 
it wasn't everything. It wasn't like Johnny Carson's shoes. It wasn't, he wasn't endorsing watches and stuff because he didn't need to. He had more than enough money, but the clothing line was something he didn't mind. Um, the next one is Jay Leno feud plus wig discusses threats of blackballing guests. So what would happen? Was that the beef between you and Leno? Was it over bookings? I know you guys had a, a falling out. I had a falling out with Jay probably over a completely different thing. Uh, but, but, but I won't go into it though. I won't tell you how yeah, fucking we'll, petty it is. <laughs> Save that for another episode. Yeah. We'll just glide right over that one too, because your body was on the other half that I just glided over. Exactly. What was your, what, what is that relationship like now? And what happened back then? Wow. Um, I remember being the fault in that conflict because I think they asked me, there was a magazine, when he first took over, there was a magazine that asked me about the competition with Letterman. Now, the, this is true. It all came about, they were friends actually, originally. And then in the interview, it was just like, I've got to kick, kick his ass. And uh, there was a problem with Helen, uh, Helen Kushnick, uh, Jay Leno's manager at the time, early on when he got the mm -hmm. show, she threatened guests. She totally threatened guests say, you better not do the fucking Arsenio show. You'll never do the Tonight Show. She was actually wielding that power. That's the truth. Yes, yeah, she was legendary bully. Yes. And, and Jay. And with Jay, I said, well, I know Jay very well. And it's like the Lakers and the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers lose, but they don't come to lose. <laughs> they try <Right>. to win. <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to try to kick his ass. <laughs> right. And of okay. course, they they put a cover out that said, "I'm gonna kick his ass." Oh, and, you know. <laughs> was that it? <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. as far as the booking and stuff, you know, you look back, and there were times when when I was angry. But you gotta earn bookings, you know. Right. And if you if you get the because I remember one time still. This is important. Let's just this is this is a very big part of the business that he's being very honest about and amazingly so. Alone came yeah. to my show, and when my numbers were right. And I could give him the audience that he needed. Nobody has to argue. So right. the bottom line is, is execute and there will be no booking walls. But weren't there, there times, and this is what drives me crazy about late night, because it is so important what guests you have on that night. That drives the ratings. Aren't there times where someone will say, hey, you got to do my show first and don't do Arsenio and don't do Dave or something. That's more like wig. That's absolutely yeah. something more that he would do. Don't go and do fucking ONA. We talked about that with Bob Levy. They said, "Don't. What are you doing, uh, ONA? You can't go on there. You're with but us." Ar right, but Arsenio is saying, if you, if, if the you're are right. promoting the right demographic, if you, if your show is pushing for what somebody needs, they will come to you. The right yeah. thing will come to you. You will find your niche. That's why ONA worked. They mm -hmm. found their niche. They yeah. didn't really need to book people. The people that they had, that like brat pack of comics, oh, was yeah. fucking amazing. Amazing. Yep. You got Patrice, yeah. Florentine, Norton, Bill Burr, it, just everyone. It was yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. It was a and great they would, time. And they threw the ball around like they were playing catch. It was that, it was that calm. It was that, I'm sure Opie was the, the real. Yeah, Rich Boss was another one. Even Bonnie McFarlane would come in, and you know they were all very good in that circle. And they all got along. They knew what they were doing. It was basically like the comedy, the comedy um, seller, the comedy seller table on the O and A show. So mm -hmm. 
they didn't have a problem just kind of sharing with the guests. They didn't mind the guests, you know, taking the ball and running with it. Not like Wig. And, yeah, he, um, he's completely focused on the name recognition versus the flow of the show. Now, this one I love. Total Bullshit Seminar about first guests. In other words, first bookings. And this is, you, you, you judge for yourself, guys. And you know what, Arsenio? It's so true. And I say this all the time. I go, give me the guest last. Fuck it. I'm good enough that I'll have a great show. You guys go interview them all you want. You let Arsenio go on every fucking show and then come on my show and I guarantee it'll be better. I mean, there, it shows a lack of confidence on people's parts that they have to sort of control that whole thing. You better do my show first. Fuck that. Yeah. If you're good, how, how who cares? I, I, He's completely full of shit. And the fact is he had that whole seminar was based on, we can't get these guests. Make fake Twitter accounts. Why aren't we getting them? We need to be addressing them and sending them pamphlets and pounding on their doors. Like, (laughs) I mean, this is so flying in the face of a lie. Now it's going to be because we're so cool. We just sit back and don't care. That's right. You're so irrelevant. Yeah. And the number 12, and the winner of the salad toss competition is Wiggy by a nose. No, so he taught me to ride a motorcycle. And right before the pandemic, we... This is Jay he's talking about. We're working together down at a place called the Comedy and Magic Club. So we're, we're real cool. And you know how it is. You, you get over this shit much quicker. I, I wish... You and- <laughs> no, he doesn't know. He doesn't know how to get over this shit. He holds grudges for years. It yeah. never ends. No, 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 never. And so, and so this is the whole, this is kind of the crux of this one. He's interviewing Arsenio, but he still hates his fucking guts. He hates everyone. He, there's no doubt in my mind, like for example, Chevy Chase, inviting him to his wedding was for the narcissism of having, I had Chevy Chase at my wedding and he gave a speech. Right. Kicked him in the fucking teeth. He always hated him before he invited him. He hated yeah. him after he invited him. This is yeah. nothing. Unless changed. you're a minion, he doesn't like anyone. No, but I could have met before today. <laughs> yeah, me too. Again, me too. Yeah, I know. And you know, I do really just appreciate you so much. And your your your, your first of all, your stand up specials, which I want to get to in a minute, because you, you said some great shit in your stand-up specials. I particularly love the bit on O.J. Which... <laughs> I love it. You meet O.J. in a bathroom, and you're like, juice! You know, and you go, shit, I never said juice in my life. You know, these are, there's, there's some, some great comedy there. And, and I don't know, I mean, and, and, and yeah, going back and looking at the shows, and I go, you know, why is it I keep going back to Arsenio shows and watching those and learning from them? <laughs> learning from them. What is this reading rainbow? <laughs> so this is a guy. First of all, you've had your own radio show for fucking 40 years, but you're learning from somebody <laughs> who did a show 30 years ago. Uh, time slots. Like, what? I mean, what? What, 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 what did you learn? Please tell me. <laughs> he needs an interview tutor. Um, I don't know. There's just some, you know, the way you handled Magic Johnson when he first, you know, announced he had HIV. Oh, you mean you didn't tell him to die from AIDS? Right, and you <laughs> like also you, didn't, Howard? You didn't you make didn't a go, song? You didn't go on the air? Like, fuck, if I take out that private parts book and talk about all the shit he's talking about Magic Johnson for being irresponsible and being promiscuous and all this crap, and, you know, like, now they, he's, he's, he loves how Orsino handled him. Yeah, P.S., you still fuck your wife of 20 years with a condom, so... Right. 
<laughs> Projection time again. To this tape, he gave me a cassette tape. That's how long ago it was. And on the tape, it said, Vision of Love. And I went to my car when I left and listened to it immediately and called him the next day. And I'm like, um, she's not going on Johnny. And, she, and, and he said, no, Johnny won't break her. She'll get on Johnny once you make her famous for me. Right, and, right. And so I knew my place. And I put her on immediately because I was like, in case they change their mind and Ed McMahon gets in this and says, we're keeping. This is about Mariah Carey, obviously. Mm -hmm. And and Tommy Mottola, that was the, the one bit I clipped out. Keeping this one, you know. <laughs> right. but, uh, <laughs> but, but doesn't it piss you off? Doesn't it piss you off that, hey, you're the guy who breaks Mariah Carey. I mean, you really were. You were way ahead of it. And then when she gets big, all of a sudden now she does Johnny. In a way, it does make you bitter, too. You're like, fuck, I, I, I gave her her break. She should be yeah. here tonight. You know that I should be recognized for that. It's yeah, she, so she 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 should be doing stage lights and <laughs> and yeah. you know helping sweep the stage afterwards. I mean, what does he want from people? They have to make a career for themselves. They're singers. Yeah, or they're whatever actors. And, and then that's they, amazing. They... He broke Mariah Carey. Okay, great. Yeah, you know, that's that's a notch in your belt. That's not actually, you know, the, a bad thing that she went on to go do Carson or whatever else. And the fact is, he broke her, but she came back. In 93, she shows up during, um, I can't remember, not Emotions, what's the next album? Uh, the one afterwards, I can't remember. The one with Hero and all that shit. Yeah. Uh, Dream Lover. I don't remember. But either way, um, she didn't forget about him. She came back. Like, she definitely, you know, it wasn't like uh, she abandoned him. And he's the same guy. Wig's the same guy who goes on to let, uh, Letterman and goes, you know, I can't believe you had Imus on. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is that about? You, yeah. You're such a little fucking child. He's Number such a little, he's such a worm. What, yeah. what is he, what is Arsenio supposed to do? Put her in a cage in the basement? And like, <laughs> what, what do you want? She has no to Carson, promote herself. She has no to Carson for you. Yeah, no Carson for you. <laughs> <laughs> He's the talk show Nazi. Okay. Human impersonator tries to relate to a real father-son relationship. Oh no. It's so fucked up between fathers and sons sometimes. You know, sometimes how could you how do you keep I have a son and he's older now, but do do you how did you keep from fucking up with your son when you don't have any role model as a father? You know, or, or maybe a bad role model as a father. How do you how do you straighten that out? Yeah. Oh, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> so the premise of the question is already... I mean, the premise of the question is so negative and horrible. So well, well, you're a fa you didn't have a father, so I mean, you must have been terrible. How did you not be terrible? <laughs> awful, <laughs> horrible, parenthood, terrible, children, awful. These are the buzzwords. You're, you always... It's like athletes. You always want to try to be better than the previous generation. Right. And, Good uh, answer. Yeah. I, I, I thought my dad was a good father. I try not to confuse being a good father with him and my mom didn't get along. Mm -hmm. You know, he loved me. And I think what I try to do is I try to, there are things that I missed as a kid. I try to be better at that. Okay, so that's a perfectly logical answer, like a human being would say. Just because you, you can't lay the blame at your parents and then you do nothing to change it because you grow up and be an adult. Like, this is why people fucking hate Howard, because he's still bitching about his fucking childhood and he's 67 and a multi-fucking billionaire. And he didn't raise his children, so he no. doesn't know. Exactly. So 
he just, you know, flipped the bill, which, okay, that's not nothing, but the hard work is the every day and adjusting and learning. Yep. I try not to forget to tell my son, I love him. I try not to forget to hug him, you know, because I would love to hug my dad one more time, you know? Right. Right. Or, or hug him more often than I did. Um, spend more time with him than I did. So, so I try to make up for the things that, that maybe were voids in my youth. So that's a, that's a perfectly realized human being. That's healthy. Yeah. That's completely (laughs) healthy. You're always as a parent reassessing. If something's not going right, you're always reassessing what, how can I make this better and make this healthier or better for her or him you know yeah exactly you just you adjust you learn and you adjust and you grow you don't harbor resentments did my parents screw up of course they did do i sit there and you know our podcast is about me agonizing over it fuck no i'm like well that was really stupid of them i'm not gonna do that moving on (laughs) yeah exactly clip number 15 guys just complete word vomit was that your main issue in therapy? Your relationship with your father? Oh, uh, just kill me. <laughs> that and commitment. You know, for right. a long time, I, I wanted to keep having people tell me I was all right. Tell me that I like you. <laughs> you know? Right. And at a certain point in life, you got to settle down and find the right person to say that to you. And you got to be satisfied with that day in and day out. Now, th- he, when you hear Wig list, like acknowledging it, he's just, he's not even listening. He's just going, yep, right, right. Not, he's not taking any of it in. None of it. And the fact that he's not is, is interesting because it's kind of reflective of commitment he ran away from mm-hmm. and kind of his non-commitment to everything. I mean, to he's everybody. not committed to ed- anybody or anything. The only thing he's committed to is his self-preservation. Yeah, and himself, whatever he's doing. Yeah, it's not so much, you know, guys will go, you know, especially a guy in your position, hey, you could have a lot of different women, blah, 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 blah. But until you get to the point, I guess, where you say, you know, I, I don't need constantly somebody telling me how great I am. Um, and, and you start to value that relationship. <laughs> when is that what happening? What kind of you? fucking, what, what? I mean, that's, that's the bar. What, <laughs> what he has children. I mean, what, I, so the bars that that's the bar. Okay. Yeah. Well, you have kids, you should yep. be committed. Why should you, is Howard saying he needed his kids to tell him how great he was or goodbye? Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh. oh, okay. Good. Remember who's paying the bills, guys. Uh, number 16, time for a Steve Harvey rescinding now, folks. You know, Steve Harvey, I feel, I, I actually had a conversation with him recently off the air. Uh, we, we just connected. Oh, <laughs> I bet the, you did. <laughs> remember the guy you shit on for telling, that after the note came out, that he wanted his staff to leave him alone after shows? Oh, yeah. And you know what? Just like the Cuomo nursing home order, where he's like... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> And all these other governors piggybacked off of that. Yeah. Howard went took Harvey, Steve Harvey aside. He goes, actually, I think this is a really good idea. Can you lend me that? Yeah, basically. And 
The, this is a guy, too, that I'm very fascinated with. I think he's a really smooth comic, um, great television presence. I don't know. He's full of shit, and he was bitching and moaning and saying, like, he's how busy he is and how much money. He was doing the same thing with, uh, what's his name, fucking um, Seacrest, saying, like, Oh, he has to make some, he has to do so much work. He's so busy because he wants to make more money, but I've got more money than him. That kind of shit. Yeah. Like, and he, uh, Steve Harvey goes, he goes, does anyone even understand what he's saying? He was like playing his voice and he goes, what oh did he say? God. What is he saying? Yeah. He's a great TV presence. That will be, that will be another rescinding for sure, because he's eventually going to have him on. And then <laughs> we're going to have loads of stuff. Gonna reams. It'll be like war and peace. This show could go on for the rest of our lives. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Wait till he has Kathy Leon. Oh, that he gets his due, does he? I mean, uh, you know, and and the fact that he came and visited Richard, he must have been beside himself. I mean, anyone who gets to sit with Richard Pryor, it's it's a it's amazing, but it's all the same Richard Pryor who you had as a goof in your fucking Miss America infomercial as a skeleton dead in the chair. I remember that. <laughs> a nice one-off. Exactly. Awkward too, because when he's sick, you can't talk. Like you have to keep the conversation going. Richard can't talk that much, right? So it's 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 weird yeah. to hang. Okay, next yeah, one. it's weird. I'm so glad I just painted a situation for you, projected it, and then told you what it is. Weird. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> now, now let's introduce Arsenio Piscopo. And, and, could, and could we end? Could we end? Uh, now, <laughs> I got a lot of people that still come up to me and say, "You had Howard beat up when he was on your show." Would you please <laughs> tell people? No, 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 no. Tell I was, people. No, not at all. Arsenio had nothing to do with that. I was a <laughs> asshole, young punk out of my mind. Okay, let's stop. I, hold on, I gotta stop for a minute. <laughs> what a liar! <laughs> hold on. Hold on, I gotta. I have to calculate this perfectly. Uh, break. Hold on. I want to get his exact age in 1987. Can we find that? And can we just replay that clip of him saying, "I was violently tossed <laughs> Okay, hold on. Howard Stern. Okay, he was born in 1954. So in 1987, he was how old? Wait, 54, 64, 64. 30, 33. <laughs> that was a young man. <laughs> <laughs> He's one year younger than me. <laughs> we looked it up when he got this guy. I mean, it was a young man. It was an angry young man. He was so much. Oh, 33. <laughs> 33. <laughs> Maniac. And, uh, and they, they, they did escort me out of the building, but well, rightly so. There was no so. roughing you up. Right. No, they did not rough me up. The, the, our city had nothing to do with that. I, um, I love that you're on. I mean, there's so many areas I want to go into. I mean, I didn't even ask you. I, I have this whole theory about it. <laughs> so I was like, that, I ha I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm get this. <laughs> I'm 34. There is no way. I consider myself so out of my mind young. I, I don't know what I'm woman. doing. <laughs> I, I abandoned my child and... <laughs> you know, I'm back and doing stand-up comedy. Everybody debates it. I don't think Eddie will because I think Eddie, Eddie is too great. His shit that he did was so good. He doesn't want to go back and be anything less than that. I think that that's what unfortunately happens to great artists. So is this it? is him blowing Eddie in, in absentia. 
This is his last try of just he's that guy who is just circling the bars. Last call, last call. And he's like, fuck. And he's yeah, just like absolutely. looking who's around. Who's around? Completely. Come on, please, please, please. <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> he was drunk enough. He picking girls off the floor. Let's see if I can <laughs> let's see if I can get something. Full on number 18, last clip. Full on pelican salad toss. And I, I'm, I'm you sure. have no idea. I I have to, you know, I have to handle this like a Hollywood guy, but I'm so excited and I'm so happy. By the way, I mean, there was a time Howard was so angry at me, he said he hoped I died. And oh. if I had died, yeah, if I had Howard. died, I wouldn't have been able to do this interview. And I wouldn't have been able Arsenio, to do this. Can I can I tell you something? And I want to apologize to you because first of all, no, no, forget that. Had, I'm just no, glad no, to be I alive. To and now, now we're friends. So. Yes, but I want you to <laughs> know of. something. I don't want to apologize. I'm going to talk kind about of. anything else. <laughs> he said, kind of. We're friends. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Come on our show, Arsenio. We'll and play you all the greatest hits. <laughs> totally. A young man. That it had nothing to do with you. It was anyone in show business who had any kind of career. I felt was not. I, I, I didn't feel anyone was entitled to a career. I mean, Letterman would have me on regularly. And I was mad at him. I, I was mad at the world. I was angry with the world and it didn't allow me to appreciate anybody else's talents. And it was a lonely place to live and it was a bullshit place to live. You're still the fucking <laughs> landlord of that place. <laughs> what the fuck are you yeah. talking about? What are you talking about? You turned it into a tenement. <laughs> you live there. You, you are the owner of that. <laughs> Welcome to the Pelican Towers guys. And I, I, I regret it, but that's who I was. And, um, you know, I did a lot of, uh, therapy to get to the point where I could say, oh my God, how, how, how convincing are you when you go, I, uh, I was in therapy. Uh, I, I really, I regret it. Uh, you know, like just listen to it, like listen to it in its entirety, guys. I don't hate Arsenio. I fucking love this. This guy is funny. He's in, he couldn't finish the sentence. I don't hate this guy. I fucking love this. He's funny. I, I was in therapy. Who needs therapy to enjoy a show? I'm going to, I'm going to replay that just so we guys can hear it unfettered. He brings up the young it's... man thing again. <laughs> Hold on. Neo, can I, can I tell you something? And I want to apologize to you because first of all, no, no, forget that. Had... I'm just no, glad no, to be I alive want to say and now, now we're friends. So. <laughs> yes, but I want you to kind know of. something. Kind of. Such an angry young man <laughs> that it had nothing to do with you. It was anyone in show business who had any kind of career I felt was not, I, I, I didn't feel anyone was entitled to a career. I mean, it's not, you didn't feel anybody else was entitled to a career. It was, you were fucking desperate to get as big as anybody else. And so, you know, I you actually had to think he's being down. honest with that one, to be honest well, yeah. with you. I think that he thinks he, in his narcissism is yes. the only one who the son should the sun should rise and set with and it's show business and i also think he doesn't look at it as narcissism he says i was angry no you were narcissistic it has yes. nothing to do with your anger is a symptom of your narcissism maybe and you're dealing with it differently but he doesn't feel any differently about it guys well, he that, just he couches his symptom better that's right and the other thing is of course therapy is just basically as bob d has told us so many times he's just 
hiding it. He's yeah, he's he's wrapping it in this this bullshit narrative, and he still feels the same way. He still feels pissed off that Seacrest is worth more, that Simon Cowell is worth more. Anybody who's a peer, um, Rush, Rush Limbaugh did not die in an alleyway, broke and penniless. He broke rich, like he died broke. He died. So he died. He died. He died with flush. He was fine with money up until the end. He never he had a wife who loved him. Yeah, he had a really. You know, people can say or think what they want about him. I didn't really I, listen I, to him. I, I, I didn't give a fuck about Rush. Yeah, no, neither did I. But I am saying, like, his life, he lived by, he lived his life the way he wanted to. He was genuine in it. And you could tell from mm-hmm. his personal life to his working relationships, he was unapologetically him. Yes, and he stayed the course. He didn't do this fucking flip around and turn around like no. there's no he would never have, you know, and he never did Wig's show. So <laughs> that's one thing the summit failed at. Letterman went <laughs> to pace. <laughs> that's why you got fired because you couldn't get you couldn't get uh Rush on. Had me on regularly. And I was mad at him. I, I was mad at the world. I was angry with the world, and it didn't allow me to appreciate anybody else's talent. Still are and you it still was the only place to live, and it was a bullshit place to live. And I, I, I regret it, but that's no, who don't. I was. No, you don't. And, um, you know, I did a lot of, uh, therapy to get to the point where I could say, oh my God, I don't hate Arsenio. I fucking love this. This guy is funny. He's entertained <laughs> me and I really do appreciate you. And I appreciate everything you, you know. He's full of shit. Full yeah. of shit. Completely. Like they, this is one of the most disingenuous sort of rundowns. And I'm sorry, guys, I know I had to replay that because I wanted that one unfettered because we did cut that one up a little bit. But that's, I mean, you you tell me that this, there's going to be some sycophants out there going, no, no, he sounds legitimate. He sounds right. No, no, no. He just wants to star fuck. That's what he missed out on. He wants Eddie. Yeah. Coming on here and and being with us today. I think you're just fabulous. And and thank you for doing this. I really, I really, truly appreciate it. I wish you so much success with uh, coming to America. I can't wait to see it. And one day I'll have a TV set that works. It's going to be yeah. very exciting. <laughs> Finally, you, you no get to idea. see it on Amazon Prime Our because city, nothing else no, works. <laughs> you have no idea how much money I've spent on this system. It's embarrassing. I won't even admit it to you. But Okay, so again, he didn't even bother watching the movie. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him for that. But, I mean, he's watched way worse, The Bachelor and whatever else fucking garbage he watches. So he could have just did it for the sake. If Arsenio meant so much and he was so sorry. Yep. And that, by, ladies and gentlemen, brings you to the end of this particular rescinding. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, you're going to be, by the time you hear this, well and truly done with the, hopefully, I'm pretty sure actually you will be, done with the Robert Plant one, which we had so much fun uh, recording. That and, was my uh, favorite, I think. You think so? I love the Ellen one, because it was just one episode. And it was just a, a battery of fucking negativity, and then he was kissing her ass at the end. I think, the, well, I don't know as a whole if it's my favorite, but the parts... Some parts in that just made me die laughing so oh, yeah. bad, oh, so yeah. bad. And so and these, these are going to continue guys, all the series, we, I make the mistake of deciding we're going to start these things and then we end up having to finish them, but there's just no end. Like there's really, for some of them, the, the 15 foundation will continue obviously, but then the, we start the Colford book. That's going to be like <laughs> war and peace. That's going to be 20 volumes. I know. And these were shindings. Just to show you what an honest person he is, we, this is endless. This could be a college course. <laughs> you think this will be the collected words of works of Yates? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, here we, and we bring it to it. Like uh, we, we don't know what the next rescinding is going to be necessarily, but guaranteed we're going to have one together. And so thank you guys for listening. Any props you want to shout out there other to the two, uh, Raven, of course, our lovely little breakdown specialist. And, um, uh, I want to shout out love to all the people on our Facebook page being censored for saying <laughs> words that we had no idea Facebook was censoring. I yeah, mean, it's pathetic. literally so pathetic and we are sorry. Yeah. I mean there guys. Yeah. <laughs> we were guilty of some of those things ourselves. So we love you guys. Take care. See you on the next one. Yeah, take a and on the awards mouth, show, they kissed each other. Like, guys have kissed each other on awards show. If you watch old clips of Howard Stern, he's making out with Ernie Onastis. It's the oldest trick in the book. Come Why? on. He did not make out with oh, Ernie Oh, he Onastis. tried a tongue kiss. Go. I, I who, got, wait, who did he make out with? So you're either unoriginal or you're disgusting. Exactly. We're just following the king. But I'm just saying that it didn't affect, like, Will Ferrell and Sasha Baron Cohen's careers. Of course not. Jimmy Kimmel and Howard Stern simulated a make-out kiss last time he was a guest I on the show. Simulated.